Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. You look nervous. I'm in a glass case of emotion! Only let go of me. I think you're worth on my neck, me. That is why the warriors have come! I'll be back to have vengeance! Throw me a freaking bone here. The martini, shaken, not stirred. Hello, kiddies! You may fire when ready. In the red corner, standing six foot two inches tall, weighing in at 245 pounds, is the Eclectic Collective! Welcome back, family. We are the Eclectic Collective, and we are against the ropes excited for today's episode. I'm Matt. I'm Ryan. I'm Brian. I'm Jim. Uh, we have two special guests today. Uh, first, we have uh, David Reed. Welcome to the show, man. We're excited. We listen to your stuff all the time. Appreciate it. And we have the one and only Ricky O, part owner of NWA. Uh, give us a little background. Let's start with you, David. Give us a little background on yourself, man. Way back in 1977, there was a man and a woman. No. Um, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. We were kind of, we were kind of talking about this uh, off air. Uh, born and raised, actually, in the Middle Tennessee area. Born and raised in Spring Hill. Uh, spent uh, majority of my life uh, trying to figure out what I wanted to be, and I couldn't figure that out, so I decided to go on radio. I've <laughs> uh, been working uh, for the past... Off and on for the past 10 years with WGFX 104.5 The Zone, where I'm the uh, producer for the Midday 180, which airs from... Uh, Love that show. 10, it's, I'm still getting used to the hours. <laughs> yeah. Since we changed 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Monday yeah. through Friday. Yes. And I'm also uh, part of the trifecta on Squared Circle Radio. Squared Long, Circle, big fans. Jason Martin fans. and Brandon Hagney. Yep. Yeah. Ricky, give us, give us the... Give us a short version. <laughs> you, you, know, long, you have a long history, past, my long friend. History. Uh, yeah, New York, uh, New Jersey guy, born and raised, moved to uh, Tennessee about three years ago. Um, close, close family friend is the quarterback at the University of Tennessee, Jared Garantano. Big shout out. Nice. Uh, moved down here to be closer to him. Uh, got involved in professional wrestling in 1992 as a ring announcer with the NWA and went on to promote probably close to 24, 25 years. And it sucked me back in again. So, yeah. I'm sitting here enjoying this and uh, can't wait to get started. Yeah, I, have a, I have a question before we get started. What yeah. is the music bed that starts the show? Hmm? The, the music bed that starts the show, the theme, yeah. what is that? Uh, it's music it's that a, it's, a, a, it's a song that also rights to <laughs> public yeah, domain okay. yeah, public you know, domain awesomeness I've, I've been I've been racking my brain for months trying to figure out it's exactly nothing what that is. Okay. you would ever know what it is <laughs> it's, I, it's I, a mystery we you got, should lay claim to that yeah, that's, we bought the rights that's a jam we, we bought, bought the, the rights, rights to it so. and I mixed and produced the those what yeah. vocals and stuff to it I've i thought that that was something that i should know so for now <laughs> every time the show starts I'm that like, is a huge I, compliment that I is mean, what is that and we we and what's sad is is 
this side of the table is all musicians, yet we went to public domain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put you too like much that? effort into it. Yeah, no, 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 no. All, all from bands, singers, everything. Th- this side's all pro wrestling, and Vince went to the public domain to make writers. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, wrestling past and present. Uh, but before we jump into that, because that's going to be a whirlpool in our evening, uh, let's talk about uh, some of the like sports recraps. Recraps. Re-cra- re-cra- that's what it is right now. He's lost re-crap. English right already. Okay. Words. That's going to happen a lot tonight. Like uh, the NFC and AFC Championship. Uh, the calls that have pretty much changed, I think it changed history, or the history of NFL um, like the no call uh, helmet to helmet. Well, they're they're definitely gonna be changing the rules. <laughs> yeah. You think like you know with the Patriots and uh, the Chiefs with the the overtime win and the Chiefs didn't get their chance. Now there's talk about you know changing the overtime rule. It's like you know we that that has been a complaint for so long. I, I can't even remember it, but it's because the blessed Chiefs lose. Now we're having the discussion. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, the Patriots have been in the AFC championship for the past eight freaking years. And it's like Tom Brady just becomes Tom Brady in the postseason <laughs> yeah. and just doesn't lose. Or he's just Tom Brady. You know, it, it, with the with those calls, I just think, man, this has been some of the most controversial. Controversy. You're just not one with words. Nah, it's not happening tonight. English escapes you it's again. The, it's the water. I'm dehydrated. I'm going to blame it on that. I thought uh, it was pretty funny, though, that you know you got that one controversial call. That's the one everybody's talking about. And uh, they went. somebody went back and uh, set up a meme, though, that there were like f- 15 no calls against the Saints <laughs> well, the, in that same game. Like, David, what do you think of the, uh, the, the quarterback roughing the quarterback on Tom Brady? That was like that a was slap a hand on the in the shoulder. face. Yeah, he, he got slapped on the shoulder earlier in in the game. Mahomes takes a forearm shiver to the throat. Yes, yeah. which was not roughing the pass. <laughs> and it yes. wasn't roughing the pass. And, 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 yeah. and Gene Steratour, who was there as the rules analysis yeah. uh, analyst, even kind of he tried to defend the the official in that case, but he was like, he's not in the best shape to call this. Yeah. Right. So you probably should see it before you call it. Yeah. <laughs> it, was just, it was it was one of those you know Tom it was a it was a Tom Brady call. Yes. If yeah. Anyone yeah. else that happens and they don't have a clear view of it, yeah, they're not going to throw it's that. It's the flag. Almighty Tom Brady. It yeah. is. There I'm was so even, tired of Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, there was even a play where Mahomes limped off the field yeah. and there was no roughing the passer. What's up, if you go back to the first game they played this year, also there was a situation on the goal line where one of the Chiefs had Brady in his grasp. Let yeah. him go, not to get the rough in the passer right. penalty. Right. Brady yeah. scored right. the touchdown. Of right. course. I, I think he, you know, listen, he's God. I mean, you can't argue he's great, but he gets more calls than anybody. I mean, he this does. is getting to a point now where you don't know if you can touch him. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the postseason. Like, it's that roughing the passer, it was like a slap on the shoulder, yeah. and it yeah. was like, oh, you don't treat Tom Brady that way. So, you yes. don't do it. So, what we're saying <laughs> is is that Tom Brady and the Patriots have to lose uh, in an overtime, similar overtime situation. Then they would change the rule back. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it, essentially, we need to keep the Patriots out of the postseason so the Patriots don't go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's what I've come to. You know, to. it's like I always tell you whenever, I think me and you were talking about this, how... 
well, the Patriots are just not looking as good. It's like, yeah, just give it time. The playoffs are about to come up. Yeah. So. And they're in the, one of the worst And, you know, divisions. I didn't even yes. watch the AFC Championship because I wanted the Chiefs to win. But I was just like, there's no way the Patriots are going to take it somehow, some way. But I, I do think if, if that drive may have not been extended without that penalty, yeah. Yeah. that could have been the third down. Right. The Chiefs yeah. actually decided yeah. to stop the Patriots yes. in that game. Yeah. Yes, could have. Tom, Tom Brady lost that game with an interception. That was lost. Yes. That that it should have ended there, and then they had that late offsides right. or neutral zone infraction. Yeah, um, yeah, and on on D four too. So I, I think no team should touch him because of that crucial penalty. Yeah, and he can mm-hmm. show up here in Nashville anytime he wants to. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, take I mean, he was clearly offsides, but he was that far offside because the tackle on that end was not lined up properly. Yeah. He was not on the line of scrimmage, so that also could have been a call against the Patriots, which, spoiler alert, it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> you knew that wasn't going to happen. So, what, what, do you, what do you think the predictions for you would be for the Super Bowl? Do you think Brady will take uh, my it out? My prediction is I do not care because it's right Tom here, Brady. And That's what right we were going to say. We, we wanted to add Ask just to be polite, but yeah. none of us really give a crap. Oh, no, honestly, I mean, the, my first reaction was my Super Bowl Sunday just become free, opened up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will be at the theaters. Yep. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing is, I was hoping. You know, we've all talked. I would have loved to see Brady and Breeze, you know, go mm. at each other for the Super Bowl. I was but hoping for Rams and Chiefs. I was hoping for Saints and Chiefs. I wanted to see Breeze at another chance. I just wanted to see the Rams and Chiefs after that last Monday right. night game yeah. that they had because it was amazing. That was an amazing game. Too. That was amazing. Mahomes, Mahomes will have a Super Bowl. Oh Lord, yeah, that yeah. dude is if, insanely as talented. As soon as they fix fix that defense Chiefs will be on yeah. so, yeah. so once they fire Andy Reid yes. <laughs> okay. yes. yes. yeah I'm like he yeah, like demographic to winning at this point I think they I think they fired their defensive coordinator yeah, yeah, they, did. yeah, they, did. yeah they did yeah but I'm like David after that I was just like well I guess I'll be going to the movies or something that yeah. night. Are, are you a no Patriots Super Bowl. fan not at all not at all I grew up uh, three miles from Giant Stadium oh Giants nice. fans 18 and 1 you know, I respect the Giants. <laughs> gotcha. So, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm curious. What do you think about the uh, AAFL that's starting the week after the Super Bowl? Do you think this is going to be a waste of time? Because the, they're getting some prime time coverage. Right. They're going to start on CBS, and they're getting uh, a one year jump on McMahon's F- XFL. One, one year jump. I, you know, I, I kind of had a prediction on our last show that neither one will do amaz- like amazingly in maybe they will combine they disagree but maybe they can combine and it can go to a 16 team right. kind of like the AFC and NFC and it could be the XFL versus the AAFL and that could start something that's an off season it that could like maybe rival the Canadian football league right. I just dis- I disagree you know. because I think they're starting the AFL AAFL because uh some of the NFL owners have interests in the AAFL, and I think they're trying to block McMahon and trying to keep him from getting his hands in the, the football world. Right. I, I think uh, the NFL, what their involvement is in the alliance is kind of cloak and dagger. Like yeah. there's been mention of their involvement and in, in mm-hmm. what involvement they're going to have in the future. I don't know. I just like football, and if it's good football, I'll probably end up watching it because yeah. – 
I mean, let's be honest. After after the NCAA tournament's over, I'm counting down the days to football. Even yes. yeah. even being a, even being a baseball fan, I'm still wanting more football, football that time of the year. And I've always maintained had Dick Ebersol never left NBC, Vince McMahon would have had a couple more years to have that league on television mm-hmm. and develop it and craft it into something that it wasn't in the beginning. Yeah, Vince right. McMahon is smart enough of a businessman; he would have figured oh, yeah. out to, what we oh, to yeah. make that league viable. But Dick Ebersol was his only friend in NBC Sports, and when gotcha. he was gone, yeah. he had no allies left in that room. Man, well, jumping in, what what do you think the Titans need in the draft since that's our next endeavor? And the draft is here. Yes, yes. yes. In, Nashville. in Nashville. So yes. is everyone going? We're going. We're yeah. going. We have to we'll be, be there. <laughs> this is a bucket list thing for us. I think, I, unfortunately, I live close enough to downtown. It may be coming to me, so I may also <laughs> hey. just be staying at home <laughs> the entire time. Um, what what look, let me go in the opposite order. What do they not need at this point? Um, an offensive tackle. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. don't need that. Uh, they're pretty good at outside linebacker. They're okay in the middle with Jarrell Casey. Outside of that, Everything. it's wide open. Yes. Wide open. And uh, yeah. do you think they need another wide receiver though? I think they have a pretty good. I think they have a pretty good core, but how many years? I mean, Corey Davis, I give a pass again yeah. this year. Yeah, uh, fighting off the injuries and just having that time on the field is so important for wide receivers in this league. Um, I think another receiver would not hurt, but. I would rather in this offense we saw what the lack of Delaney Walker did. Yeah. I yes. would rather yeah. have a I would rather have a solid tight end yeah. threat who can open up the middle of that field than I yeah. would another wide receiver. Absolutely. I just don't think they put enough faith in the other tight ends. Like cuz uh what was the one that they Smith? No. Not Smith. No, not Smith. Luke Stalker. Stalker. Yes. Uh mm-hmm. that you know they were throwing more to, mm-hmm. but then they just weren't throwing to tight ends. It's almost like they just put all their tight end faith in Delaney Walker. Right. Maybe our entire fandom <laughs> put their faith in Delaney Walker, which he is our best player. But, like, we shouldn't have – I think that's how it was when uh, Steve McNair was here. Like, yeah. we worshipped the ground that Steve McNair walked mm-hmm. on. And then as soon as he left, we were like, you know, babies crying yeah. for mama. Like, what happened here? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I, I think if you replaced – you can got one more wide receiver, but I think you can get another one third, fourth round that's really good that can replace Jennings. I think what we got is really good if we can just keep our quarterback standing. Correct. That, that could throw the ball yes. more. <laughs> you know, so maybe work on the offensive line. <clears throat> and uh, running back, we're good. I just wish Derrick Henry showed up earlier, but, you know, he showed yeah. up. He eventually did. And, uh, yeah, so I don't. Yeah, I'm like with you. I don't think there's a lot of stuff on the line. Maybe on the outside. I do want to ask one question, if y'all don't mind. Because him and I have talked, and you have. I love Mariota. Love Marcus yes. Mariota. Amazing. Mm-hmm. What do you think? How do you, I mean? Do you think next year, if he doesn't perform an injury, do you think we'll be looking for another quarterback in 2020? Yes. Okay. And yeah. I think, and, and it's and it's what you guys had mentioned. We had Steve McNair for the yeah. longest time, and I, I hate the comparison. Between the two, when we're talking about toughness, yeah, um, but it's Tennessee. Every but, quarterback right. that comes through is going to be compared to Steve. Right, McMahon. and I think, and, and he, he, no matter who that quarterback is, because that was our first quarterback. <laughs> yeah. That yes. was the Absolutely. first guy that, that right. we knew. Yeah, but 
everyone wants to have another quarterback that they can absolutely love. And we love everything about Marcus yeah, Mariota, except for the fact that he can't stay on the field. And it's yeah. not, yeah. and it's one of those things where it's not something that's necessarily in his control. And the people who were, were, were upset with him about sitting out that game, there's a difference between Steve McNair and a Bruce Sternum and a top neurologist in yeah. the world telling you that you yes. are risking permanent yes. damage. No, I, I can yes. show, yes. and I wanted to. We most of y'all know about my uh, my first pitch attempts at the Sounds game. Yeah. If you want to see what permanent nerve damage can do to someone trying to throw a ball, look at that video and ask yourself: Was it worth it for Marcus Mariota to play in that game? Right. If that's what the rest of his life was going to look like. Yeah. Real quick, if I can jump in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. man. I am a gigantic. Marcus Mariota fan uh, moved here. Um, he has some relations with, you know, I was saying earlier that, you know, Jared's a good friend of mine. Mariota is probably one of the nicest athletes oh, as a yeah. person Absolutely. I've ever seen. Now I got to get to my bad point. <laughs> Mariota was not a blackjack mulligan fan. Mm -hmm. If you notice the black glove on his hand, the reason he's wearing that glove in the games he was able to play, the nerve damage to his fingers uh, seeing him outside the stadium, he couldn't close his hand. His hand was stuck open from the nerve damage. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to relate this to the wrestling part of this. Yeah. Everybody remembers Mr. Wonderful Paul Arndorf. Oh, yes. Yes. oh, yes. oh yeah. What ended his career? The same the injury. Same injury. His arm now, as a friend of Paul's, his right arm is shriveled up to a person who yeah. looks like he's wow. appeared to have a stroke. Yeah. If you're a hockey guy... Early 2000s, the New York Rangers had a hot goaltending prospect by the name of Dan Blackburn. Mm -hmm. Came up first game, 3 nothing shutout, 19-year-old against the Montreal Canadiens in Montreal form. The guy was rocketing to take Mike Richter's place. Yeah. We always talk about replacing a legend. Mm -hmm. The Rangers thought they had their next legend. Yeah. Okay. In the weight room, lifting, benching 125 pounds. The uh, it's ulciatic nerve, I believe mm -hmm. it's pronounced. He crushed it. Oh. He never played goal again. The nerve damage, he could not close. It was actually his left hand arm, catching arm. He made a comeback in the AHL for nine games. He played with two blocking gloves. He never was able to squeeze his hand again. Oh. This injury, fans here are questioning his toughness. Yeah. This is something that it's not like, you know, Dave said, it's not he bruised something. He may never close his hand again. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're not uh, – you, you're questioning his toughness. If he played, I would be questioning his intelligence. Yes. Because I right. had – 2015, I had C3, C4, C5 fusion in my in my neck. And we're Bless coming up heart. on 14 uh, – 14, four years out from that. I just now have full strength in my right side again because of that. Wow. Nerve damage is nothing to play around no, with. It's, it's nothing not. to risk. I can't it's imagine not what you look like before because you're a big dude right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, not a question, it's not a question of toughness in, in situations no. like that. It's intelligence. You have it, to have intelligence This is it. not. This has not been Roethlisberger faking a yeah. sprained ankle throughout the week yeah, so you yeah. feel sorry for him. And Oh, here yeah. he comes out of the tunnel on Sunday. That's well, not yeah. the same situation. Well, I've, I've had surgery on my hands because of nerve damage and yeah. everything. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know... So, you know, with everybody being mad that, uh, you know, he might not come back or he might not live up to his full potential, they should, probably should be thinking about his career could be over yeah. Yeah. because of his health next year. Because of this, they could, the neurologist, are, you know, could go mm -hmm. to him and say, man, you know, I really, I did all I could. I really right. wanted you to continue, but it looks like your fifth year is going to be your, you know, your last yeah. year. Or he could take a hit 
which is most likely with our line, <laughs> and he might not get up. Yeah. You know, it's, so it's, that's stuff he needs to think about, you know, you know, not to make Tennessee happy. Everybody loves Mariota. We love his style. He brought a new style here or a style that we haven't seen since McNair. They're not quite the same, mm-hmm. but he's more mobile. You know, we've always had those stay in the pocket, you know, passers that, you know, I didn't really think fit uh, the team style, but he brought something new. He brought that organ with him. And uh, everybody loved it, and everything was new. He caught his own pass. You know, we didn't right, have a exactly. quarterback that does that. He's very <laughs> exciting, but you know, he also has these serious injuries. And with these serious injuries, you know, he might they they might need to go to him and be like, "Look, man, if you want to walk the rest of your life, you might need to stop playing football." And that's you know, it's something well, that uh, you know he should think about, and everybody out there listening should think about before they jump to, oh my God, Mariota yeah. sucks mm-hmm. because he hasn't won mm-hmm. us a Super Bowl well, yet. Well, see, I, I equate that mm-hmm. to, I mean, what I, whenever I hear a lot of people talking about that, his toughness, toughness, this, toughness, this, stuff, and that, I always, when people were bringing that up here later, I was always equating that to take a look at the one time Matthew Stafford uh, hurt his shoulder really bad he got racked by a linebacker and hurt his shoulder. Yeah. And you could hear him. He was mic'd that day. And he was telling the the um, Trainer. trainers and, and those guys, oh, I can throw if you want me to. Put me in. I'll throw. And yeah. he walks right back in and throws it, turns around and tells the guy, it's out. Yeah. It's out of the sock. It's done. <laughs> like, how dumb was he to do that? Mario you know, also was, was playing the majority of the season with a partially torn uh, fasciitis, uh, plantar fasciitis. Oh, and, and that is painful. Oh, and I've had foot, that. Oh, so. my gosh. That's so... that, that, to me, is, is as concerning for what he is as a quarterback as anything yeah. else because it started with the knees. He yep. had the two spring knees early on and then the, the mm-hmm. time he broke his leg. So... It's unfortunate. Everyone wants to love him. Everyone wants him to be the guy that's going to take them back to the Super Bowl. And it's up in the air. And if I'm writing that check, if I'm the one that's making that commitment to him, I can't I can't do it right now. No. But does everybody agree here that the biggest flaw is not Mariota? How do you no. go into the season no. knowing that you have a quarterback that has a tendency to get hurt? And, again, I just moved here, but I, I love Mariota. I watch every game. You got to get a backup quarterback in here that's a little yes. bit better yes. than what we got. Yes. Yeah, I was excited Bridgewater, all season. Teddy Bridgewater, excited. Teddy Bridgewater goes to the Saints where he knows he's not going to play it down. Did I not Why say? <laughs> we literally were talking See, about that. We, we're right here. Yeah. I said Bridgewater should come here. I said this not yeah. that long ago. Yeah, you did. And uh, Bridgewater, I think, would fit perfectly here. Yes. Um, if he, you know. If somebody would just go to him. How sad is it that the New York Jets, the yes. laughing stock of football, were smart enough to bring him in, yes. market him for three weeks, and then turn him into something. Yeah. And the guy just sat and sat and did nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I will say we went in the step we went a step in the right direction when we got rid of Castle. Right. Because I, I didn't like Castle. Talk about a thief. That yes. man sold more money from yes. NFL teams. <laughs> I, I have not Matt liked Flynn. Castle. Yes. I, I told Ryan, we, we, we've been friends mm-hmm. a long time. And even before Castle came to Tennessee, I said, I do not like Castle. He is not a good player. He has one of the worst attitudes in NFL. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why anybody would deal with them and then a few years ago they say we signed you know castle to a backup i was so angry i was like that is the worst money you could ever spend and then he proved it every time he had to come and he had to come out in the field several times because mariota gets hurt and i i was like all right we're in i don't i didn't know a whole lot about gabbert 
you know, before we he came here, and then I researched him, and I was like, well, all right, well, he's better than Matt Castle, right. so you know, maybe he'll do something. And he wasn't that bad. He just didn't play enough. Mm. You know, he wasn't. I think if he started the season, he would have been a really good, you know, finisher. Right. You know, by the time postseason came, but you know, by the time he was in a groove. Mariota would come back, and then he would have to sit down and wait again. So We also, too, as Titans fans, the first backup we knew was Neil O'Donnell, who was oh, yeah. more than capable of being a starter <laughs> yeah. in the league. Absolutely. And then when it wasn't Neil O'Donnell, it was Billy Volok who went on to be a starter sure. in the yeah. league. Yeah. Yep. But ever since then, it's been this revolving door, people who are just not good enough. No, no. And it, Hashtag Mettenberger. It is t- <laughs> <laughs> the quarterback of your Memphis Express. Yes. <laughs> He tried. He tried. Um, That's what everyone, the back of his card. Everyone. Everyone. In, there's the there's points car. to it's on the front of his card. Oh, front of his card. <laughs> yes. Uh, people will always want to say, well, you have Mariota. You need a backup that has the same skill set as Mariota. And there's the argument to be made for that. But then again, Neil O'Donnell was no Steve McNair. Mm-hmm. So, right. uh, but there are quarterbacks out there like a Teddy Bridgewater who yeah. fits the style of Mariota, like a, a Tyrod. Don't call him Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor, <laughs> who could step in in that role. And I yeah. think more importantly than the draft itself, getting a new a backup quarterback that can come yeah. in and win you a game. Yes. If Marcus cannot go out there, and I'm not talking about win you the Texans game, yeah, where it's all smoke and mirrors and the best game plan that that coaching staff may ever draw up and a whole lot of Derrick Henry and Wildcat and fake punts for touchdowns. That's not only going to work once every 15 or 20 years. Yes. Yes. Go find yourself a solid backup quarterback. Amen. I I totally agree with that. Well, let's jump into our first uh, uh, area of discussion for uh, wrestling. The independent circuit. Let's discuss the vast world of independent wrestling and the talent that is following alongside and building passion in this entertainment field again. Because I feel like just like back in the 70s and 80s when everybody was having their the territory days, territory days it's, it's building back up. It kind of went away because Vince McMahon would buy everything. But now, as Ricky O can attest to, is they're saying no now. And now yes. there's a lot more coming to the field well i mean there's a lot more as a fan i'm starting to now i go out and i search and to find things but to the average casual fan things are becoming more prominent and mm-hmm. with things like fight tv um bringing you pay-per-view options you know uh from other mainstream choices um it just seems like for the casual fan uh there's more and more options coming good options yeah, becoming available again but uh, what do you think about that Ricky about the rise of the awareness I, I, of the uh, independent circuit again? I have a very strong opinion on this I think Please. the same thing that ruins professional wrestling is revitalizing it and that's the internet mm-hmm. um Originally, when wrestling was kayfabe, and we're talking right about the Attitude Era, when The Undertaker and Christy Todd Whitman and Vince McMahon stood in the Brendenburg Arena in New Jersey and said, we're not real, we're entertainment. Kayfabe is dead, 
Wrestling is scripted. We don't want to pay taxes. A lot of people don't know what this all came down to was professional wrestling was deregulated by the government. In states with the commission, you had to pay 7% sales tax on every ticket sold. Every wrestler needed to purchase a license. Every promoter needed a license, and you needed to carry in New Jersey. Wasn't it regulated like boxing? Yes. It was. Larry Hazard was the commissioner of New Jersey. Uh, I know that because I was a commissioned promoter. You had to carry insurance. You had to have a doctor. You had to have an ambulance at your show. It was a sport. It was treated as a sport. The minute they did that and deregulated it, and it became under the entertainment um, side of government. No longer needed a doctor. No sales tax. Uh, you know, was there because it used to be that there would be an IRS agent at the show, and you had to pay that mm-hmm. night in cash or check. Wow. Now they took the promoter's word, and the IRS comes after you. But it, it's still there. But when they deregulated professional wrestling. It took the mystique away. Then it was um, Dave Meltzer and, and the Torch and, and all of these people who came out with the kayfabe sheets that were underground, and you had to order them, and I did it, and you'd read results and stuff. And it was amazing. It was the best thing in the world. Now you open the Internet, and anybody at the time who had a flip Samsung phone that flipped open and had a camera is taking a picture of Kamala standing next to a urinal with Sergeant Slaughter at a, at a White Castle, and yeah. there's a picture of them peeing next to each other when they were supposed to be feuding, feuding. in the main event and 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 kayfabe and the illusion was dead um and and now the internet now is this generation right now of 16 to 25 year olds have known nothing but it tv was not part of their life october 11th 1981 you know what that was Mm. that was the day i got cable and the very first time they screwed the wire into the back of the tv oh wow was tommy wildfire rich Mm. popped up on my tv holding a rabbit and a pig and it was Pig Face and Rabbit, Ole Anderson and Stan Hansen. And that was the first promo I ever saw of anything outside of a nice. WWE squash match was, oh, my God, what is, who is Gordon Soley? And I never, <laughs> never moved from a TV again. Nice. This generation does not watch TV. So their heroes were created on Twitter yep. and Instagram. And I'm going to take credit for one. I'm not going to take credit for him, but I'm saying the one I know who has just become a superstar through the Internet is Joey Janela. Yeah. This kid yeah. went from Miko the Monkey Boy on New Jersey Independence, where yeah. he dressed as a flying monkey from The Wizard of Oz wow. and would jump off the bleachers and wave his arms and do 360s, to now being on one of the biggest pay-per-views in the history that revolutionized wrestling, the all-in pay-per-view, yeah. getting signed to a contract, and he can't walk for another year. His knee is in a in a brace for a year and, and he's created an illusion and, yeah. and, 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 and Cody and the Bullet Club have created something that everyone wants to see now yes. through the internet and it's not hey Memphis TV channel 5 8 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday right. no one yeah. cares nobody's yeah. watching that it's I'm on a bus stop I'm going to work. I, I have my TV on my phone, yep. and I'm watching clips from New Japan. And, it, and it's insane because five years ago, guys like Cornette, myself, and everybody was like, this darn internet destroyed the business, and yep. now it's without the internet, Rebuilding. there is no business. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, one of the interesting things I mean, I'm watching is uh, Cody Rhodes is a part of that new All Elite Wrestling mm-hmm. that's uh, backed by the Khan family that owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. And um, this is a billionaire family that's backing a wrestling um, federation now. Um, I think that that's going to be something pretty big to keep an eye on. Yeah, I never knew Killer Khan saved his money that well that he was yeah. able to buy the Jaguars. I mean, that's, <laughs> wow. that's probably the number one story. Dis- distant relative. Distant, <laughs> distant, <laughs> distant relative. <laughs> These cons are from a little bit further east. but Yeah, a little bit further uh, east. But, but 
for someone who has a hand in the NFL to want to invest in professional wrestling tells you about the health of the business right now. Right. Mm -hmm. It tells you that there are people out there who know that if you have a good product, you can now find people wherever they are Mm -hmm. and get that product to them. That's why I think distribution is not as necessarily television like it used to have to be. I know they've yes. been talking with TNT, which is great because I'm inherently lazy. Like, I <laughs> want to find it the easiest way possible. But if the product's good enough, I can go find it wherever they're distributed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. you could, but you can you can uh, partner with someone like Fight TV. But there's and there's like a couple of different. Um, other um, streaming services right. like that that you can mm-hmm. partner with that you don't even have to be on TV. And they've perfected you, that now. Yeah. You know, yeah. If two years ago even when they were doing pay-per-views on the internet, they were still going out. Yeah. They were blotchy. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's now so it's better. to a point where so it's, it's almost now. better than TV. You know, it's, yes. and, yeah, absolutely. But you know, one thing I wanted to bring up is this isn't the first time that wrestling had millionaire backers. People forget and maybe you don't remember or you don't even know about it because it was so quiet. Maybe five years ago, the Nasty Boys, Knobs and Sags, were with the owner of the Tampa Bay Bay Devil Rays doing Legends of Wrestling shows around the country at baseball stadiums. Um, But the problem is with pro wrestling, and I pray to God that the Bucks, who their rookie year worked for me, they worked Mm -hmm. for David Marquez, they were an NWA talent. Think long run. Don't think everybody wants to hit a home run their first at-bat. And everybody worries about how much money can I bleed. Now, there's a situation here in Tennessee, and I'm not going to use any names whatsoever, but three years ago there was a wrestling company running here that had a million-dollar backer. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to call it a mark. It was a mark, okay? Mm-hmm. But instead of saying we could take a million dollars and spread it over 10 years and we could build something here, right. they said, how much could we steal? Mm-hmm. How much could we increase our paycheck? And they bled this person dry, and six months later, there was no more millions, no more backers. Wow. If Cody and the Bucks are smart here, and they are. I'm not in any way insinuating they're yeah. doing that. Mm-hmm. But if they're smart here, they are the new show on the block. They're the new grims that everybody wants to see spin, mm-hmm. and they have the ball. Let's Derrick Henry right now mm-hmm. run it down your throat, yeah. and yeah. let's do something special. I have to feel that they're looking at the long game because they just turned down WWE contracts to yeah. start to help start this thing. But so. again, Anderson and, 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 and uh, when they Bullet Club came in and, and Gallows, Gallows, the mm-hmm. hottest act in the world, they're jobbing to yeah. – the yeah, colognes. that's ridiculous. They're jobbing yeah. to the colognes yeah. right now. Yeah. You've got to understand something. Freddie Prinze Jr. is not a wrestler. Yeah, I get that. And he's writing main event scripts. I mean, wow. you can't you, – you, you had Balor Club. Again, this is not meant to come out the way it is. I'm a Jersey guy. I speak blunt. But why are we now having Balor as the face of the gay and lesbian community yeah. and yeah. wrestling – when this guy was the biggest star in the world is the demon. Yeah. He got hurt. I'm sorry. Vince's pet. Yeah. Seth Rollins is dangerous yeah. and yeah. careless in the ring. He hurt the biggest star on his biggest push, yep. and now he's back wrestling with gay pride flags on his shirt. And there's nothing wrong with that, but the push is going in the wrong direction. Yeah. You had the two biggest bad, bad butts, uh, I don't want to go say yeah. the word, <laughs> in the world come in as a tag. Carl Anderson's a personal friend of mine. He used to live at my house on road trips and sleep in my basement. This guy went to Japan and became a superstar. He built an image. He built the Bullet Club on his back. Yeah. yeah. Came here and they're doing 
hillbilly matches with pumpkin yeah. smashing on the oh, side of the ring. I mean, God. it's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, Vince yeah. is so out of touch with the product. It's Jeez. embarrassing. It is I was so far. excited about Gallows and Anderson coming into the WWE because mm-hmm. they're just a talent. I mean, mm-hmm. and they, if you watch some of their old matches like I had to on YouTube, Carl Anderson, like he said, and I didn't know that he's a person. That's awesome. But he is just a natural genius when it comes you, to You want to watch something on YouTube? Go back and watch Joey Ryan and Carl Anderson as the Un-Americans, as, a, as the NWA World Tag Team Champions. Really? Feud with Los Lucha. Was this before Joey Ryan started his new gimmick? He, he, yes. Okay. It was. He All was right. sleazy, yeah, Joey, you, Ryan, you Joey Ryan. You lost me Joey Ryan. Yeah, you yeah. lost me on yeah. Joey Ryan. Yeah. Guys, I heard Joey Ryan. Let, was like, let no. me just say this. Yeah. I am 100% old school. I watch Georgia still to this day. Yeah. If you went to my house right now, I'm watching Continental Wrestling on my oh, iPad. Yes. Yes. But... Joey Ryan as sleazy Joey Ryan wearing women's panties or an old woman's bathing suit instead of trunks would put a lollipop in his pants, pull it out, and try to stick it in a Mexican woman's mouth in Almarillo, Texas. He would dry hump the seat on the back of a you know three hundred pound guy's chair. He did a sleazy gimmick, yeah. and then you had Carl Anderson as the the, the 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 tough guy of the team, and they came in and 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 they ran they they feuded from San Diego down through Mexico into Las Vegas, and the feud was against the Mexicans community. It was hot as fire. Go back and watch it. We had riots. Talking about Jim Cornette wants to talk about fighting your way to the back. We had riots where we had to fight these guys out of the ring to get them to the back because fans were rioting. But now it's how do you get over? He had to create a persona, which I'm dead set against. I'm not backing Joey now. We fight about it on Twitter all the time. I disagree with what he's doing. But who would know who he was if he wasn't doing it? Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of Joey Ryan too, because I was look as we were getting started with this, um, getting getting some little information. And I was kind of going through and seeing some of the new independent stuff coming up and somehow found him appearing at a place called Sausage Castle Wrestling. <laughs> who owned by Gary Busey's nephew? Man, you've you have gone faces. so deep in the internet. I, you better I ask swear the authorities. It was like, never it, show it, up to you. Exactly. <laughs> it was so. I don't like, have bell money. It was money. like it was like the the the, the, the Reddit's the deep dark so Reddit wait, world. Wait, you have Gary Busey's nephew. Yes, going to team up with David Arquette. Why Luke Perry's son is the <laughs> pretty much, and Tiffany Amber Thiessen is playing Miss Elizabeth. Yes. Okay, I'm pretty in. Much. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> well, you, well, you, you got me with Kelly Kapowski. Yeah, yeah, sure, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> You've reeled me in. Tell well, me you know, as, as Mark part Mark owner he's... with uh, NWA, do you think loyalty within the wrestlers is hard to come by? You know, when uh, when he brings up uh, Cody Rhodes and you're talking about the Sorry. long run, and you don't want it, it, you want to build on these characters, uh, or you know the characters they bring to the ring. Do you think that? Uh, some reasons that some independents don't uh, climb is because loyalty within the let, wrestlers in the ring. Let me put this to rest right now. I'll tell you a real quick story, and it's the one that's still to this day. It's over. It's about if it's not twenty years ago now, it's within a, a year of being twenty years. Everyone knows Low Key, right, Monkey Boy? Yeah. Okay. Low Key started with Jersey All Pro Wrestling and Jersey Championship Wrestling. We were best friends. Fat Frank owned Jersey All-Pro. I owned Jersey Championship. We used the same talent pool. We never stepped on each other's tolls. Low-Key was doing jobs in JAP. Low-Key was killing everybody for me. My feud, thank God I had a connection to ECW through Paul E. My feud was my JCW guys, 
feuding against ECWs like Spike Dudley, uh, Chris Chetty. Those guys were all regulars on my – Steve Carino. Uh, they were all regulars on my shows. So Loki is working for me. He's my current heavyweight champion. He's in the middle of a feud against Little Guido. Phenomenal matches. Guido, killing it, right? Yeah. He comes to me and he says, hey, Ricky, I understand – but he comes to me like this, Ricky, I understand that you have a very good connection with Alpha the Samoan. And I said, yeah, he's, he's my mentor in this. I love Pops, and to this day, I love the Samoan family. They're wonderful people. And he says to me, I need a favor. I would like to go and work in WXW. I says, I'll make a phone call right now. You're an amazing talent, you know, whatever. So he wrestles that show. He does the match with little Guido. It steals the show, best show on the mat, best match on the show, bar none. And I said to him, hey, um, Pops would like you to call him tomorrow. I made the phone call for you and vouched for you, and everything's good. We shake hands. He leaves the building. Next month, we're in the same building. I ran the same building every month for five years. And he comes in, and I said, hey, okay, this is what you're doing tonight. You're going over. And he looks at me, and he goes, I came to give you back your belt. I quit. And I said, what? And he goes, I start working for WXW next month, and I have no time to work your schedule. I quit. And that's loyalty in wrestling. Mm. It's what have you done for me now? The day I announced my retirement after 20 years of wrestling, four people reached out to me. Four people called me up and said, what do you mean you're leaving? One of them was Homicide, who had maybe worked five shows ever for me. Yeah. Ever. Called me up and was just like, congratulations on your career. You, you, you know, Thank you for all you've done for New Jersey and blah, 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 blah. And then yet there was other guys who in 20 years have worked a thousand shows for me never bothered to pick up the phone but when they found out who i sold to they immediately were on the phone with them hey buddy how you doing what's going on mm. wrestling is the worst ever you never there's a couple rules in wrestling never leave your wallet in the locker room never bring your wife girlfriend or daughter near a building if you want to keep them because it's just the dirtiest you have no idea i've been in prison yards that I felt more comfortable than locker rooms sometimes mm. because the, the backstabbing and the chase and the fighting and you got a bunch of grown men who are, who are sometimes on illegal stuff that makes them bigger and have shorter tempers and, and they're all in competition to be the biggest narcissist in the room. Yeah. So you have every ego is the worst person in the entire world for paranoia was Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm -hmm. The stories are true. He would lock his wife in a broom closet Wow. Literally lock her with a lock on the door while he would go to the ring because he was so afraid that Hogan was trying to steal his wife. Wow. You go to an indie show, and let's just, everybody remember these initials. Who's a Smoky Mountain fan? Oh, yeah. Okay. Jim Cornette. CC. Everybody know who CC mm -hmm. is? Yes. I know who that is. And he has a very famous, uh -huh. who went yeah, up yeah, to yeah. the, uh -huh. yeah. the guy would be in the ring and his girl would be in the broom closet getting taken care of by right. members of the wrestling community. Wow. And this is wrestling, and then those same guys drove in the car or slept on his couch that night. And this is coming from her book, so I'm not saying no, anything. No, right, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't want to mention names because, you know, everybody yeah, can yeah, figure yeah. it out. Hammy. Um, but <laughs> you know, it's such a dirty business on that aspect is that the competition never ends. You don't. You want to talk about Mariota, you want to talk about P.K. Supine. These guys get a young player in. They take them to live in their house. They, they, they lend them a car. A trade happens in the NHL. Usually the two guys who got traded for each other, they switch houses. Here's the keys to mine. Move in. It's furnished. Here's the keys to mine. You're going to Nashville. You're going to New York. In wrestling, you go to the locker room, 
And, I mean, you go to the ring and you're praying you come back and your wallet's still there. You're praying nobody cut your boots. Nobody, you know, destroyed your clothes. Yeah. And it's just, the, the, and it never ends. If you listen to stories, and, and Duke the Dumpster Drossy is the absolute greatest thing on Facebook. If anybody gets a chance to follow the Duke, yeah, he tells these every day. He tells a small story. And it's always about who did this, who did that. And, and again, it, narcotics, alcohol, and steroids play mm-hmm. such a huge factor into this. Because yeah. you're not thinking straight. Yeah, You're a grown man in a thong with a, a little covering over your, your, your private parts, beating up, play acting, beating up another man. And unless you come up with something super incredible different, you all, in the WWE at least, you all look the same. You all have the same body. You all came from the same trainer. And the mm. reason why is because the puppet master in the back, the Wizard of Oz, eliminated any chance of having any creativity because he wasn't in charge. So mm. it used to be there was a, a, a time where David Marquez and I pitched to Tommy Dreamer before NXT was ever thought of. We have shows, over 100 shows booked nationwide in casinos. Give us your C talent. Because they used to do, um, WWE, would, you'd be able to call up and say, I have a show in a, in a police benefit show in New Jersey or Nashville. I have it in an armory. And they would say, here's a list of C talent. So Stevie Richards, Blue Meanie. Um, I have on film the only successful Gilbert light heavyweight title match. <laughs> true story. True, true story. I called up Dennis Brent, was in charge of talent, and said, Dennis, I have a large show coming up. Who will you guys have free on this night? Gilbert, $2,500. Okay, here's your $2,500 check. You get a C-level talent. They used to let the guys work on the indies because that's how you belt a fan base. Yeah. You yeah. guys here are the most privileged guys in the whole world i would trade the spot with you any minute to have grown up with jarrett promotions and jerry lawler and and having weekly shows in the same spot in the same town every day you know you knew on wednesday they were coming to chattanooga on thursday in nashville that created a way for the guys to develop talent develop personalities and develop uniqueness now it's if it it, it, and if you guys are probably too young and gonna laugh at me but the brady bunch scenario where the suit fit so greg became johnny bravo so now yeah. it's okay, Dolph Ziggler. You 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 look real good in those muscles. Okay, you got a concussion. Let's bring in McIntyre. He looks just like you, and you just fill that role. And what it creates is no one's comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Because if you get over like Zack Ryder, who went on the internet and, and made himself a personality and became the most over guy in the company and was squashed in a minute because you're not allowed to be unique. Yeah. Done. The puppet master says no, so you're done. So getting to my point, I pray to God that Cody Rhodes and these cons, Shaka Khan or whatever his name is, <laughs> yeah. they allow Again, these guys. A different family. But they, yeah. I, I know a lot of cons. More distant you know, relatives. <laughs> I, I pray to God he allows guys like Jungle boy joey janela penelope ford uh the feinstein kid that's down there jacob whatever his name let these guys continue to evolve yeah but my thing is is i want them to bring back just the old school feel you you can do new you can look new you can have new concepts but keep the um imaginary blowing up grenades out of this you know the invisible man i mean keep all that out of this we 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 we, we talked about this last week on squared circle radio when the news came out that they said they would not be hiring writers okay that's the best news that i've heard come out of yeah so far because people if you go if they keep an eye on this is something for wrestling fans to do 
keep an eye on the job postings for the WWE every now and then and go on there and read the descriptions of the experience that they want you to have to come work in a wrestling company. Uh-huh. They want you to have five years of sitcom writing ability. Yes. That, that's that's not the way it, it no. used to work. No. We, no. You had wrestlers writing and booking wrestling shows. Yes. And, if the, mm-hmm. and if AEW is anywhere close to that, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be successful because they have the talent and the athletes to appeal to the new audience, and that style will appeal to us old guys. Yes, and absolutely. It's, it's, funny, it's funny that Ricky brought up Macho Man and talking about loyalty because I was just um, – I was on YouTube again uh, uh, one day last week, and it really crossed my mind that the first ever invasion angle really was ICW, International Championship mm-hmm. Wrestling, the yeah. Poffos territory, yes. and fringing on Jarrett's territory. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And when that all happened and ICW dissolved, uh, they called and wanted to get Randy in Memphis and working mm-hmm. in Memphis, and Jerry was like, well, you guys have been selling this on your television for seven years now. Absolutely. You've built this product. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> and when all the talent that was in Memphis started departing for New York, Mm-hmm. No one, no one gave Jerry a notice and told them anything about it until they were in New York, except for Randy Savage, who told Vince McMahon, I can't show up on this date because I'm working for Jerry Jarrett, and I'm not going to turn my back on him. So this is That's what I'm rare. That's pretty rare, though. With oh, yeah. 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 How did the WWE, I mean, the story, the legend is, and I had many years on the road with the Savoli family, and it was it was an education. It was like being on the road with God because Mario and Angelo Savoli, Angelo the father, who oh. passed away at 105 years old, was an original 25% shareholder in the WWE, WWF at the time. Wow. Mario, his son, and, and his cousin Tommy were original referees and, uh, you know, pr- what they would call back in the day as an agent, mm-hmm. but, which was now called a producer. But the story was is that Vince was living in Parsippany, New Jersey, with a station wagon, and a week away, true story, week away from going to bankruptcy court before his dad passed and left in the company. Now, what did he do first? He raided, I don't know if you guys know this, but USA Cable mm-hmm. had yeah. Southwest Championship Southwest. Wrestling, mm-hmm. Tully yep. Blanchard's father's promotion with um, Bruiser Bob Sweethan as mm-hmm. the main, you know, main mm-hmm. star. He stole their TV. He went on, and, 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 and if you remember, Piper was the voice of Georgia Championship Wrestling mm-hmm. with Gordon Soley. He had just turned babyface, and the next thing you know, he shows up with Dr. D. David, and no one knew they were coming. They all went to the TV taping in Pennsylvania, and all of a sudden it was, what are you doing here? What are you doing? He, he raided every single person. He, David Schultz's book is amazing. What are you making per night in, in, in Memphis? 500. You're making 2,000 be in Pennsylvania this night. Don't tell anyone or the contract's void. So he went out and just pilgrims every single person he can get. Wow. Yeah. And they all didn't know they were coming. And then when they showed up, it went from being this little mom-and-pop company to just boom overnight. Wow. So this is a, this, from what I'm hearing, the it, it's two different lifestyle changes when you get into the industry. Either you, you own it or run it, and it's what I can maintain and afford, or you're doing the show, and it's where can this get me next to where make can I money? Go, where can I go next to make the biggest paycheck? Yes. It's it's always a step forward, and then when you get in that lifestyle, you like you said, there's a dirty lifestyle that comes with the wrestling that obviously is learned over time, that is still around. I'm assuming, uh, you know, with all the dirty habits and all the partying, I guess, and uh, so I you know, to, I have to believe a lot of it came from uh, 
you know, this is this is a scripted, you know, a sport, but it's still a sport, and these are still, you know, falls and big spills and mm-hmm. big hits they're taking. And There's it, a lot of pain that comes along with and it. And it takes a certain personality to be in this industry. Yeah, but but I think a lot of these, the, the substance is to try to get away from that pain. Well, you and, have guys, you have guys back in the territory days who are on the road six and a half days a week. They're working 350 days right. a year. You find something that, that gets you up for the match, and then you, you find, find something, something that gets you, you down. down afterwards. Yeah. And, you know, if you listen to any, and I recommend everybody does this, go buy shooting interviews, buy the old-timers books. You listen, like the greatest story I ever got was in a car with Jerry Lawler, Dennis Corluzzo, Eugene Moore, and a couple of the other guys, I think Wolfie D. And and, and Jerry Lawler used to have a gigantic Lincoln Continental, Mm -hmm. and they custom-made a table to go in between the front and the back seat, and and it went over the cup holder and the armrest. And they played poker on road trips while he was driving. (laughs) And then you listen to stories about Terry Terry Funk used to say to me, Ricky, we would drive down the roads in Texas and we would we would go at seventy five miles an hour and we'd shoot stop signs and if you missed you lost, and then it was the next guy's turn. <laughs> and, they would, and they would measure. Terry was like, Dick Murdoch could hit a stop sign at 105 miles an hour, and that's what these guys were doing. And you're saying to yourself, Hilarious. like, oh my, wow. But it was, it was, it was also Hiro Matsuda. Hulk Hogan yeah. wants to be a pro oh, wrestler. Yeah. I, remember I Hiro snapped your leg. He broke the man's leg. Yeah. And say whatever you want about a cartoon character in Hogan. He paid more dues than anybody today has paid. Yeah. They walked into a training facility. They broke his leg. He came back a month later and said, I want to do this again. There's wow. nothing but respect there. Yeah, yeah. Now you walk in and, and it's, uh, I trained. How yeah. many tickets did you sell? I sold 20 for tonight, sir. Okay, you're main event. Oh, wow. That's, well, that's what goes you, on. See, I tell you what. No, you go, no, go ahead. Oh, well. Okay, so like he, you know, David was just saying and Rick, uh, I remember reading a story about Shawn Michaels who said that I had to take something to wake me up just to get me out of bed. Mm-hmm. And when I was done with the match, whatever party and I was doing, I had to take something to get me to bed at night because yeah. I just couldn't, with the pain that I was in, my back, I think some other problems he had. And that's the thing. I love the independent circuit. I love it. I love the Ma and Paws. I miss yeah. them on a lot of things. That's what I watch the network for is a lot of Ma and Paul stuff. But when Shawn Michaels was talking about that, I think it was a slap in reality. He was like, wow, these are real people like yeah they're, they're yeah, just like us we, uh, and like hulk hogan we've talked about this before no matter what anybody says if it wasn't for hulk hogan i wouldn't be a fan in wrestling today like from the 80s yeah the, the, the worst thing i'm a 48 year old man okay and and the worst thing in the world is in this business is every time my phone rings after dark mm-hmm. i look down to see who died see who died mm-hmm. yeah well you yeah. know it, it, for me as a fan uh, I miss I, 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 when I look at that part. I stay in denial because I don't live in that world. So I, you know, when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, oh, you know, that sucks. I wish they would, you know, like when uh, what, what beyond the mat or is it beyond the yeah, mat where it shows the, the real side? Jake like it's snake. hard to watch that stuff. Jake the snake, you yeah. know, and uh, see, you know, what they're really going through, and then, but that that was a different kind of wrestler too because. One thing that I remember is when uh, TNA would come to Nashville. I cannot. Rem- I'm bad with names. These are y'all will probably remember. They're from ECW. There was one that had the bamboo stick. Sandman. 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 And then his partner um, Sabu. 
Uh, was it Sabu? No, New Jack. New, New Jack. Jack. New Jack. They they both had uh, they both had a match that night, and New Jack went up on the second floor and jumped down onto someone down below, broke mm. his leg, and finished the match. That you won't get that today. That that you sprang an ankle, they're done. They come and bring you. The, you know, yeah. the well, things. it's a there's a huge a difference different... in worth work ethic, but you have to understand that what you see in mainstream today are trying to become movie stars. They're not that's trying what, to become my, world championship yeah. wrestlers. Yeah. That's my point is it, it was a different wrestler right. that day. Like Terry Funk. Mm-hmm. You will never get another Terry Funk who will sacrifice his entire body, his entire mind, his health. He would die in the ring to give the people <laughs> but, what they want. But it's a different era. It, yes. it, no, it, it was right. a protected business. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was um, sacred Yes. You know, yeah. pro wrestling roots come from the carnival. You know where it yep. comes yes. from? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Stand on a line, yep. pay, five pay $5 or a dollar, get punched in the face. face. If you fell yep. off the line, you lost the money. Yep. It was bad, you know, bad guys who did this. It was tough. I wouldn't want to fight a 1970s mm-hmm. jobber for all the money in the world right. because mm-hmm. that guy was probably tougher than anybody yeah. physically oh, yes. on TV. But what was the illusion? As a kid, the Road Warriors, Stan Hansen, oh. Bruiser Brody, Otis Sistrunk for a little while in Georgia. I'm just naming guys that I watched that I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, I just remember saying, these guys would kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Finn Balor. I love him. Don't get me wrong. I love oh, yeah. him. I think, he's, like, I think the world of him. Rey Mysterio? I saw yeah. Kevin Nash yeah. swing him like a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that is my greatest Rey Mysterio highlight to this day. Yes. Being long <laughs> target inside <laughs> the production truck. If you took an eight-year-old right now, if you took an eight-year-old right now, any kid in the country, and, and you put him in a room, and you had Kamala the Ugandan Giant in full makeup, George the Animal Steel, and Rey Mysterio walk in, what two are they going to run away from? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What's your point? Your point. You brought up Bruiser Brody. As a child, watching Bruiser Brody and Abdullah the Butcher fight each other throughout the Dallas Sportatorium. Yeah, Sportatorium. I was scared to death, and I didn't know which one I was. I, yeah. I, want, I want one of these men to die because they both scare me, but I'm not sure exactly which one. And it nice. looked like they were actually going to kill each other. And I've heard Cornette say that professional wrestling has gone from grown men acting like they were hurting each other to grown men actually hurting each other. Mm-hmm. Except. People used to believe it. Now no one believes right. it. Right. Yeah. And that's the problem now is that um, a finisher was a pile driver. Yes. Yeah. A finisher yes. was an off-the-top rope mm-hmm. clothesline. Right. Well, you can jump off a 40-foot building yep. through a pickup truck on fire, well, we little plug, and, and it's not a finisher now. We yeah. unfortunately live in the age of the false finish. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's the thing. What is what is the finish when somebody's dead? The DDT. You have to do yeah, the, you yeah. have to do your move at least ten to fifteen times before they. Dave, Dave just take brought up in. Dave just brought up Bruiser Brody, right? Bruiser Brody was intimidating as can possibly be. He was scary looking. Mm-hmm. He can, what about Stan Hansen? Yep. Stan Hansen would come out in Japan with a bull rope with a cowbell attached to it, swinging it over his head. Blind as a bat. Blind as yeah. a bat. He goes to shake your hand and he misses standing next to you. That's how blind the man is, and he's a good friend of mine. These guys, Stan Hansen, title change, Rick Martel, Meadowlands Arena, Pro Wrestling USA. The wrestlers pulled in the back of the building in a cab. Everybody got dropped off. The, there was so many fans there for the heels, the cab couldn't make its way under the building. Hansen gets out with a bull rope and just starts blasting fans in the back of the head with the thing and whipping them with the belt and whipping them with the, with the, the Texas wow. bull rope until they cleared a path to get them in. Wow. <laughs> now, now, who's your biggest heel? Who do you think the biggest heel in wrestling is right now? 
the biggest uh, heel right now. It's supposed to be Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's it's supposed to be. I would say why? I would disagree with that. I would say the USA title holder that always has it. Uh, he USA lost it to um, Shinsuke Nakamura, dude. Or but no, but, the guy, who, the guy who 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 dresses pretty all. The but time. you just nailed it, Brock uh, Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is the biggest heel to throwback wrestling there is in the world right now. And why? He doesn't sign autographs. Mm-hmm. Anybody see the video where the little Asian woman walked yeah. up to him in the airport and he screamed at her oh, and made yeah. her cry? Okay. Brock Lesnar's personal trainer is a guy I grew up with 30 years of my life playing sports with. He handles his personal fitness training. Introduced me to Brock. Walked up to him and shook his hand. He was like, nice to meet you. Dave Valtry, you can stay. I said, oh, okay, thank you. And, he, and I was like, oh, I've been in the business 25 years. He looked at me and goes, I didn't ask you for your bio. I'm training. Shut your mouth or leave the room. <laughs> see, and I just Jeez, see I him as an that. individual, as but a it, horrible person. But I gained respect has, for him for that. I didn't lose respect for him. He's protecting his, yeah. his business. Yeah. Where other gentlemen are, again, let's do it, let's do it uh, a penis spot. Let's, yeah. let's, let's wrestle a nine-year-old girl. Let's do. Let's expose this business as much as we can because, haha, it's funny. Yeah. It's not funny. It's no, not supposed it's not, to be funny. Yeah. You nope. took the believability out of the business and threw it right out the window, yeah. so you could sell a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And you want to know something? And I don't always get along with Jim Cornette, but I love Jim Cornette because what made wrestling was the protection of the business, the protection of the yes. the mystique of. The, the magic of what you're doing, the illusion of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Now it's not the illusion of professional wrestling. Now we'll show you everything, but buy my T-shirt. Yes. Yeah. I don't I – a uh, heel should never have a T-shirt. Ever. I agree no. with that. No. No. The, no. The, you the, have to, anything. No, you shouldn't. I remember back in the day, like, when Jerry Lawler and Ric Flair are probably the two most success, successful guys who could go back and forth between being a heel and being yes. a babyface. But back when – when Lawler was a heel, he was presenting himself as this great singer. So the only merch he had out there was the records that he cut. <laughs> and he would get people to buy those records just to break them in front of his face. Because That's the have- most genius thing that he's probably <laughs> ever done in his life. You, you, know? have, you have no idea what a great point you just made and that people don't realize. And, and it's, it's, it's fantastic to hear somebody who gets it. The, the, back in the day when you were negotiating a deal in the territories, and I've got this from guys who did it. You would ask for a little bit more money because you couldn't sell. Mm -hmm. Now, the kings of merchandising are the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky and Robert. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They tell stories about a thousand different shots a week Mm -hmm. that they would run off at a Kinko's on a copy machine, bandanas, um, buttons with USA flags, because the baby faces would make five times their nightly paycheck Mm -hmm. on selling um, merch. And in the old days... You weren't allowed to come out as a heel. The worst verbal assault I ever got was I was managing Boo Bradley on an indie show for Sal Carrenti in, in Ohio. 4,000 people in the building. He's wrestling Shane Douglas in the main event that night. And he said, during intermission, I want you to put my dog collar on and just walk me around the building so I could scream at people and knock over some sodas and stuff and, and we'll get some heat. Perfect. Without realizing it, we were 10 feet away from Shane Douglas's um, merch table, who was the babyface champion at the time. Mm-hmm. We didn't go past the table, but I went close enough to it where when we got in the back, John Reckner, Balls Mahoney, who was a lifelong friend of mine, get in the shower. I, I need to talk to you. And I didn't know what I did. I said, okay, John, let's go. What's up, man? Like, I'm all pumped up coming. Yeah. We're, we're out next. 
And he's like, you stupid SOB, you walked me, the baddest guy on the card, against the baby face we've been building for six months. You got me within striking distance, and neither one of us could do anything because it was unplanned, unaccepted, and if you ever do it again, you'll never work a show with me managing again. I'm sick of nonsense like this. Get it right or get the hell out of here. Wow. Wow. And I learned wow. instantly right then and there like what I did wrong. And and I never made that mistake again. Yeah. But now it's they drive in the same car. They make a road oh, yeah. show. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, especially to that point because I've here lately too, I was, I was like going to a show. Like I went to um, one of the Raws last year and I went to a SmackDown this year. And then the weirdest thing to see is, uh, you know, you see a match happen and the next thing that goes to commercial and you've got those same people talking to you know uh, they're they're on the screen yeah. and they went to some place together for a for a benefit and then they come back and tell you about that benefit and that someone's oh well we're yeah. having a kid mm-hmm. we're having a baby and we're just nothing about wrestling well, after the match i have to admit though i i got smartened early on you know i got into wrestling in 83 and um, our father was actually a friend of Jackie Fargo because Jackie Fargo was a friend of everybody, everyone, everyone and he knew I, everyone. I hate you guys. I really <laughs> and uh, so we, I used to, I used to get to go, um, you know, backstage uh, when all the Memphis guys would come up and wrestle in Nashville, and I got to meet, you know, all the stars and uh, talk to them all the time. And I would see everybody backstage just talking. I mean, everybody that was going to be fighting each other was back there, and I got smartened up like day one so I knew from you know from moving on but I, I still was hooked I loved the stories they would tell I'm so jealous right now <laughs> see, you have no idea like it's totally mind blowing to me to see like this just come down here the first night I came to Nashville Tennessee I took a ride to the Mid-South Coliseum nice. and just took a picture in front of it <laughs> yeah, and, and awesome. I'm going to give a cheap plug out right now I'm not you know I hope that maybe they'll give you some money but anybody who has Amazon Prime Video, mm-hmm. yeah. you know there's thousands yeah, of hours. Yeah, Absolutely. I watch it I every Saturday. Them. I watch it all night long. I don't fall asleep. It's like 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm watching it season by season. Just I have everything. a 10-year-old son. That's our Saturday morning. <laughs> you know what? You're a like. great father. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you real fast. My mom went to high school with a wrestler from the WWF. His name was Pete Reeves. He's still alive. God bless him. He's in really bad shape right now. If you ever watch WWE TV, he was one of the top five jobbers of all time. But my first ever match on TV, my my next door neighbor came over to watch me and my brothers for like five minutes, and she put on the UFH channel, mm-hmm. channel 47 in New York with rabbit ears. And I'm like, what is this lady doing? I'm like <laughs> six years old. The Yukon Lumberjacks against Tony Guerrero and Rick Martel for the titles, and the baby faces went over. Wow. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I watching? <laughs> and, and and my mom comes home a couple of hours later, and, and Terry, the lady's name was Terry, says, oh, it's on again at midnight on Channel 9. And yeah. that was their lead-in to, after that, it was Chiller Theater would come on. And I watched the show, and my mom let me stay up to midnight, and Pete was on, and he wrestled George the Animal Steel, and George put him up in a hammerlock, and his shoulder dislocated. Ooh. And they left it in because that was the finish. George just crippled somebody. And I go, oh, my God, Mommy, that guy's hurt so bad. And she goes, oh, my God, that's Pete. I went to high school with him. (laughs) (laughs) And it turned out the guy lived like three blocks away from us. Nice. So I stalked this man. True story. Stalked this man for almost 10 years. 
it turned out that the WWE, if you worked as a jobber, they got you jobs with the New York Post. Oh, wow. You were a delivery man. So SD Jones, Davey O'Hannon, uh, Mario Soto, all of these guys were delivery truck guys that would <laughs> throw the papers nice. out. And I finally stalked them and found nice. them, and he trained me. My first couple lessons as a pro wrestler were with Pete. And nice. that's how I got smart to the business because I was like 14, 15 years old. And next thing I know, I'm in the locker room with like David Schultz and guys who that if you did not toe the line, you would just – you didn't yeah. want to be around them. Right. No. So, nope. so I we between my father and my uncle, I would go to wrestling so much. I literally thought Tojo Yamamoto was my uncle. <laughs> uncle Tojo. Uncle they, Tojo. They literally uncle had Tojo. me believing he was my uncle. <laughs> now, is Tijo Khan part of that family? No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. Different, different cons again. David. Yeah, different cons. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny uh, to tie a lot of the conversation together uh, here. Um, my mom's first cousin is Ricky Morton, Rock and Roll Express. Okay. So I think that my family being smart to the business is what kept me away from it because they knew of the seedy side of that business yeah. and they didn't want me to be any right. part of it. I look back on that with a lot of resentment nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, about the it. people you could have oh, known. Oh, so many. I could have been. Yeah. I mean, I could have been. I could have been somebody. I could have been somebody. So I could have been a contender. contender. I could have been a contender. So let's jump into the uh, upcoming pay per views yes. that are um, they're coming up. We have two this weekend, right? Takeover. Yep. And uh, the Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. Uh, how do you think these are going to go? How do you think they're going to set up the? Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, um, Triple H is the one human that's keeping me keeping my interest in the WWE. Um, everything that he's done with NXT, everything he puts his fingerprint on, I love. Um, I think he really has his hand on the pulse of something that could that what what the WWE could be. Um, and I don't. Uh, I mean, the, the main roster and what they're doing on Raw and SmackDown. I just, I just get, I get, it gets lost on me. So, you know, who, yeah. Who are the who are the, what are the main events this? Uh, I know on Sunday. I think the big, of course, you know, the two Royal Rumbles now with the men and women thirty person over the top. But I think the big main event is Lesnar and. Finn Balor and then Finn Balor, yeah. Styles Which and Daniel Bryan. They took Braun Strowman yeah. out for some reason. They, they, I don't know why. They said they took him out. I mean, I, I heard some stories behind the scenes that they said they took out Strowman because Vince thinks him jobbing again yeah. to Lesnar is going to kill any credibility. Mm-hmm. The guy has well, that's left. true, but it's true. But here's, it's here's the way fault. to solve that. Don't have him go under to Brock Lesnar. Exactly. exactly. But you're not allowed to go against the guy that you know Vince is. If you look at Brock again, I love Brock Lesnar. I personally love the mystique. I love the badass about him. I love everything about him. But he's, what, once every four months on, on yeah. TV? See, you know, yeah. I wanna, See I'm to me, he's on, boring. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to touch on that on current topics. Like, WrestleMania and Royal Rumble, this this right here, and David, I'm sure you can attest, Rick, Brian, Jim, Matt, but... Thanks. But <laughs> <laughs> you last. It is, it, to me, for wrestling fans, this is the Christmas season for wrestling fans. Like, yes. Because yeah. we're going so, into WrestleMania right, season. I mean, I remember getting so pumped up about WrestleMania and what's going yeah. on and this and that. And now I'm just like, oh, it's well, going to be the same matches you, and the same story. Do you agree with me? The Royal Rumble is the most fun out of anything as a I kid love growing up. Yeah. Oh, and it's Rumble. because they've created a lot of mystique around it because you never know who's, who's going to show up. Right. Because they always have one, two, maybe three yeah. random out-of-the-box people show up for the Royal Rumble. I tell you the most fun 
wrestling I watch when it comes to WWE is the Monday after WrestleMania. Oh, I love it. Because anything could happen because this is like the new season starting off and they might bring somebody back. You're right. That you haven't seen in years. Because, I mean, the crowd is more hostile. Right. I mean... Or somebody could do a promo and die the next day. It's true. Poor yeah. old, yeah, old yeah. Oh, But I mean, just think about the reaction because everybody wants to watch that Raw yeah. after WrestleMania because like you said, you don't know who's going to show up. I mean, mm-hmm. remember that one time how huge it was when Goldberg showed up yeah. and yeah. speared the rock and then AJ Lee came back and everybody was hoping for CM Punk. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you were asking about the, the matches. I've got them down yeah. here. Um, TakeOver is uh, the... You got uh, Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono, which is weird. Um, Ricochet versus Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship. That might be pretty good. Yeah, I think I that's going to be good. I love Ricochet. Ricochet is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, you got the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong versus the War Raiders. I love the War Raiders. Yeah. I'm a huge mark for the War Raiders old, old school, because old they are old school, old school. And man, those They're big guys characters. can move. They're, They're characters. characters. Yeah. Yes. They don't, that's what's missing. They I don't think. feel like they fell off the cover of Muscle and Fit Magazine. Right. I stopped watching NXT when they fired Bull James. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know it sounds stupid, but Dusty was personally working with Bull. He was yeah. creating a cowboy character with a badass attitude who, yep. who looked like a tough guy. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, God rest his soul, Dusty passes away, and the next thing you know, you have Bull fit doing mm-hmm. the Playboy Buddy Rose gimmick. Yeah. And I said, yeah. here we go again. Oh, yeah. If he doesn't have a six foot four frame with 185 pounds of solid muscle on him, yeah. they're not going to do well, anything. See, that, that was and the... I had my, my choices of, of Memphis wrestling and the Crockett's and yep. the WWE. And I watched it all as a kid, mm-hmm. but I gravitated towards Memphis and towards Crockett's right. because I could be Dusty Rhodes. I was yes. never going to be Hulk Hogan. That's correct. So that to this day, that's that's still what is appealing. But there's to still me. always there was always that mystique with McMahon because he was that body guy. But you always you always still had the the George the Animal Steels hovering, hovering yes. around. You had and at least some with characters, a few right. characters all back Spain in the day, and, all, and that was and until all Vince decided he wanted to get into yeah. it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then everybody yeah. had to have everybody had to have. Long that's what's the World missing. Bodybuilding well, Federation. Once, that, once again, a great missing. point, Dave. You, you you just nailed it again. It was wrestling until the Attitude Era, and then everybody became cookie cutter. Yep. Yes. It was yes. George Steele. It was Kamala. Yeah. You would have randomly they bring in Curtis Iakea as the original like Dungeon Master. Yeah. Managing Sika, just Sika, not Alpha, but yep. Sika. Sika. And then you had a garbage man show up, and then you had a repo man show up. <laughs> yeah. It was every, and then you had a plumber, and then yep. you had a, you, you know, you had every hockey <laughs> a dentist, hockey yeah. player, yeah. yeah. a dentist. He just went through the phone book and said, "Okay, do me a favor, get me a gynecologist." <laughs> <laughs> the strange um, thing about the the Isaac Yankum is that was actually a gimmick upgrade because he just left being the Christmas creature mm-hmm. in Memphis, yeah. so a deranged <laughs> dentist. That was <laughs> kind of an upgrade. <laughs> Uh, I got a better job now. The uh, main event of NXT uh, is Tommaso Ciampa versus Aleister Black. I love Aleister Black. I love Black. Aleister Black. I love Tommaso. I love, I love Aleister. Now, don't get me wrong. Tommaso is, I think he's probably one of the better heels he, he of the modern started, era. He started that gimmick in Maine for the NWA in 2009. He nice. debuted that gimmick. For me and that, Mario Savoli and nice. Dave Marquez. And of I that knew group, he was going to be a star. Of that group, I think he's one of the best at, at drawing some good heat as Na- a heel. I mean, Nashville, Tennessee, War Memorial, NXT show two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Bennett, referee Matt Bennett, started his career with me, 16 yeah. years old in Jersey. I love the kid to death. And he, he left tickets when I found, he found out that I was moving to Nashville. 
And I and I never forget the first match of the night was on. It was Samoa Joe and somebody Joe opened the show, and and I was walking to my seat and Tommaso saw me, and he jumped the guardrail <laughs> during the middle of his match. Jumped the guardrail, came to the front row, gave me a hug and a kiss on the cheek. I, I hugged him, and he went back to wrestling. And I was like, That's awesome. that was really That's nice. Like that was like my moment in the business. And- that was uh, that was also the show where um, I was setting ringside. And Twitter lit up because there was a reports of James Storm sitting ringside at a WWE <laughs> event. Oh, wow! It was me the whole time. <laughs> and so we, James, oh, like laugh awesome. about that you, all the you time. You guys want a James story? The James Storm story, real quick. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. James Storm blew his shot when NXT bad. Mm-hmm. He's in the JCW locker room in New Jersey. He gets a phone call from Triple H. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll expose it. He gets a phone call from Triple H. We have something for you. Road Dog came up with an idea. We need you to be here, here, and here within 24 hours or whatever it is. We know you're in Jersey on an indie. You can make this flight. We're going to give you everything. And he was like, what's it for? And it was for NXT. Mm-hmm. And they had written the Bobby Brood character basically for James Storm. Oh, wow. He refused to go. Wow. wow. Main roster or I'm not coming. What? I'm sorry. I love the Bobby Roode gimmick. That is that entrance. That's the greatest yeah. entrance that, I've ever heard. That, I mean, it's a Rip Ric Flair ripoff, but dude, it's. I that, play it every morning when I come out of the bathroom. Glorious. I actually heard it earlier when you walked in the room. Speaking of that intro, speaking of God bless you, David. I don't know. I don't know how she has ties with him. I see pictures all the time, but a good friend of mine who was actually in TNA, she actually photographed my wedding, Goldilocks. Had I saw her, she was uh, out there taking pictures with him and said something about it's like it's nice to see people who I've helped along the way and she's taking a picture of Bobby Road and I'm like Bobby what Rude. or Bobby Rude and I'm like excuse me and apparently yeah she's had a hand in well, some of these guys from the WWE I'm like <laughs> really <laughs> yeah, her days that. ended in the TNA days uh, again but again though Bobby Rude is one of those guys who they've misused yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah. Yes. horribly mis- misused. Well, it's and they have a track record no. of it. They bring up these guys from NXT and I mean that are doing they they build them up to something mm-hmm. fantastic, and then they put them up to the main roster Who? and kill them. Let me here we go, and this is my conspiracy theory. Okay, he wasn't created in WWE. No, no, oh no, no, no. I mean conspiracy theory. Yeah, I think there is a long there is a long list of people who were not developed in WWE and no. Bullet Club. they will never yeah. get over. He yeah. brought Anderson and Gallows in mm-hmm. yeah. and, he turned into a comedy world, and he turned them into a joke. Yes, mm-hmm. He took Bobby Roode, got this guy to a point where he was the man for a little yeah. while. Mm-hmm. The greatest entrance in the last 15 years. Yes. yes. And, he could Bar work, none. and he could work. Yes. Mm-hmm. But Vince didn't make him. Nope. Mm. And there's, and it, it's so frustrating and you, we talked about Gallows and Anderson and what they could have been and should have been and they may be out the door, but there's a part of me that would, I wish I had enough money to go to Vince and say, Vince, I'm going to write you a check for this amount of money for this amount of time. You give me Gallows and Anderson and the revival and I get to do with them whatever I want to for the next three months. Yeah. And if we're not doing business at the end, I'll double whatever I wrote you. And it's yeah. interesting how both teams are rumored to be. Yeah. yeah, they're yeah. yeah. Anderson and Gallows are under contract. That was a false rumor. They got like I think another year and a half or two years on their deal, yeah. and it was just somebody jumping the gun because of their connection. But 
The revival. How could you screw that up? I'm, yeah, mm-hmm. man. So but tag team wrestling as a whole is just dead. Right. Well, yeah. okay. Don't get me started on tag team wrestling. I cannot stand when you take a couple of individual stars Randos. and put and randomly and put them together right. as a tag team. Call them a tag team. I love actual tag. Except teams. for Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, I've really been enjoying what they've been doing. Well, I don't well, know. I, I just not as to, much as American. But it goes back to characters. Like when you had a team. You know, like the Legion of Doom, Demolition, Mm -hmm. you know. It goes back to characters. I think that's what's lacking in wrestling, all of wrestling. This is why I have been watching more independent Mm -hmm. is because of characters. Like, I I know the bad blood, uh, Ricky, but we went to to USA one night at a pure boredom. We had nothing else to do. (laughs) And there there was like this. Express that boredom. There was like this seven foot African-American guy with a mask who came in with a a grave digger thing yeah, whatever and it was. the weirdest music. And I was like, I, I don't even care if he sucks at wrestling. I was like, <laughs> this is the, the coolest thing. Somebody's coming in as a character yeah. and he played the character from the door till the, you know, he obviously lost the match cause we've never seen this guy before. And they only yeah. let the people who are with USA win. Um, but I was like, this is what is missing. There's nobody, like you said earlier, it's all cookie cutter. It's all, let's go to Abercrombie and Fitch who's the prettiest person we could put in the ring with some muscle (laughs) that can move around a little bit there's no more characters this is why I like Finn Balor but I don't like Finn Balor as Finn Balor I like him as the demon demon. you know that's a character because he's playing the character all the way to the ring well I mean Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson two fantastic individual wrestlers but when they put them together as the Brain Busters, I thought they were a fantastic tag team mm-hmm. when they worked together. So, I mean, there's some exceptions to when the, the chemistry is right and it works together and you actually give them a tag team persona. Yeah. Uh, then it works. But I don't So, know. do y'all have any predictions about how WrestleMania might shape after this weekend? You know, I, everything that I've been reading leading up uh, the past several months was the power struggle between what Vince wanted and what Hunter wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Vince apparently wants Drew McIntyre going over at WrestleMania, and apparently the Hunter wanted Seth going over. So I, yeah. I, we will know by the end of that Rumble what's going to happen. You know, who I, won that battle? This, we always is, know who wins that battle, though. This, well, this yeah. is what I think is what happens with pay-per-views. I think there is a job that sits in the back, reads tweets, Instagrams, <laughs> yeah. and all that, and they go like, what What do the people want? What makes sense and what does the people want? What, <laughs> what, what can we... The yeah, let, what can we crap on? How can we ruin their mm-hmm. night? Because um, literally, when we were watching one pay-per-view, we were all talking about, oh my God, this could happen? And then mm-hmm. literally the opposite would happen. Yeah. And we would be like, "They are they reading our messages so, here? So and, I think they can make history again with this WrestleMania. And I literally believe they could have the first woman's main event. I literally think they could have Ronda Rousey versus Becky, Becky Lynch, Lynch and putting Becky Lynch over. Let her be the first to beat Ronda Rousey. She's only going to have a two-year career. you got to have let her have a loss at some point. I think WrestleMania is the time, and that is a main event in my eyes. I, so, I think I think that's going to happen, but Charlotte Flair will be shoehorned in there. In oh, some I know. Yeah, it'd be a three-way, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Yeah, we we talked about that about Becky and Charlotte and mm-hmm. Ronda. That's probably and that would be a main event contender. Mm-hmm. But I heard a rumor. Now, of course, this is before Roman Reigns had to yeah. give up the belt. 
a big rumor was is that The Rock was going to make an appearance in the Rumble match, mm-hmm. and then it was going to be Reigns and him for the world title. And now, I don't know if you've heard this or if you've heard this, and now they're still debating on if The Rock is going to be in the Rumble because they're still wanting to play that Brock Lesnar and him match. Yeah. You know, that he gets his revenge from SummerSlam yeah, when he mm-hmm. lost the belt. But I haven't heard anything. I didn't know if you've heard anything. I, I I'm sure, haven't heard anything. I'm sure The Rock will do it. He could squeeze it in between, you know, Whatever three, seven four. movies he's doing. Yeah, he can. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think Rampage 2 is starting filming. Yeah. <laughs> <three months. laughs> he's got a good two days. He he's got at least six hour there. nap between the, the next, uh, uh, was it? Whatever racing movie I tell you, doing. I tell you what, man. I, I know they're still trying to put Becky Lynch over. I already think she, she like, she's one she of those. Is. She's over. Yeah, she's over. She's I want. Me. I want. This will never happen. I'm in dreamland now. Come with me. <laughs> Come with me. I want Becky Lynch since she is the man to win a belt from a man. I don't think they're going to go back to that. Okay, I, mean, I think you, that takes away the mystique but we're from in a it different, again. We're in a different Yeah, but I think generation everything now. that Hunter and Stephanie wanted to do to build this women's division yeah. and make it legitimize, legitimize it. it would be taken away and thrown out in the garbage yes, if they did that. I think so. And I, don't, I think the girls, I think Becky deserves better. But I think they did that when they went to Saudi Arabia and couldn't take the women with you. Yeah, yeah that was a big crap on the women's division. Let me I, don't, ask you, I don't understand that. How are you that's in the why middle I of the say, women's revolution? Mm-hmm. How are you going to pull that? I that, mean, but see, this is where I think you know, and maybe I'm too liberal. I don't care. <laughs> but maybe in like an independent uh, faction. That that could be something like if, but you would have to have somebody like Becky Lynch who calls herself the man because she is she thinks or her persona is she is just as good as a man. So maybe like they could have something and show it in Saudi Arabia and they all do this and she wins <laughs> the belt or I whatever had, the belt is. That would be funny. But she but would have to be covered from head to toe so no one would know. No who one knows was. she was there. <laughs> no, 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 not do it in Saudi Arabia. Show it. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. like show oh, it gotcha. and then you know they all look like <laughs> you know. Um, Stone Cold Salute. There you go. So there's no doubt she's over and she totally deserves it in my opinion. But um, I think the level she's over is kind of an accident because when they did that invasion angle mm-hmm. on Raw when the, the SmackDown oh, man, women came awesome. in and then she got uh, busted up yeah, by she Nia, got potatoed yeah. in the nose by Nia Jax and that blood thing that whole invasion angle yeah. was really cool the way they did it and her getting that yep. n- that bloody nose I think that put her well, over that hit, well listen on what accident was, what was the old babyface trick we've been talking for an hour about territories the old baby face trick to get over was basically getting your face rubbed into the ground, yep. mm-hmm. stomped. Yeah. They'd take you in the mm-hmm. locker room for next week's interviews. They'd sandpaper your eyebrow. Yep. Yep. So you'd get potatoed. Like the story with Doom and the Steiners, if you remember. With oh, yeah. Woman. With Woman. Yeah. Yeah. They held, they held uh, Scott Steiner's arms back, and he made his brother Rick punch him in the face as hard as he could to bust his bust eyeball. His yep. and, and, and Ricky Steamboat tells the story about where they took the sandpaper, and they literally ground this face on the side of it to Ouch. cause a burn and Ooh. have this irritation where when Flair took his face and dragged it on the canvas yep. to yeah. make it look like because the old thing Matt burned you know oh, yeah. Yeah. His, that, oh, that yeah. canvas is right <laughs> so the, allu- the illusion of Dusty with a spike in his eye yep. what caused some of the greatest feuds in wrestling was just just blood yeah, blood. yeah. I remember yeah. Jerry Jerry told me a story of one rock and roll was just getting traction in Memphis and they were going to have an angle where they just destroyed Ricky and they yeah. took him out and just beat the crap out of him. And then they took him in the back and sandpapered him 
from head to toe pretty much and then they punted on the angle <laughs> so Ricky couldn't do anything for like a month and a half because oh he they god. just they oh just rubbed all the skin off of his face Jeez, yeah. I mean you think about what these guys did and and to make this business stay kayfabe, then now yes. it's just, you know, you're talking about getting punched in the face, shoot angle, leg broken, shoot angle, yeah. having sandpaper dragged across your body, this done to you. Face full of blood. Face mm. full of blood. And, you know, we all know how they got the, the, the but not always got it, you know, yeah. with a blade. They got hard weight. And, say, they, you know, they, the they, old they, secret is to punch somebody in the yeah. eye on the corner of, uh, of the eye because this well, is the thinnest a, tissue yeah. on a human body. And if you catch it the right way, it busts you, bust you right open. And Harley Race's trick would be to, you know, to knuckle you and you'd yep. get and those guys put in their dedication in their life mm-hmm. and and on the man becky lynch who's the most insulted by that right now think about it who's going at it with her constantly in road warrior animal yeah i'll show you who the man is i'll punch you in the face you know he's <laughs> but that's a 1980s guy defending yeah. the business that he helped create because let's be honest medusa uh, sherry martell yep. the women who were in the 80s as superstars weren't looked at as wrestlers they right. were eye candy mm-hmm. with a great body who the guys passed around the locker room yeah. i hate to say that no, really? but that's what it was and now and now becky lynch could probably shoot fight half the, the roster and beat her <laughs> yes they yeah that's... everyone wants to make the comparison that that becky is the new stone cold but the comparison that i've been drawing is because she again had been misused and overlooked for so long yes she was late 90s chris jericho who Bischoff was so obsessed with Hogan and the NWO and everything, he didn't care what else happened. So, Jerry, go away, Chris. Do whatever you want. That's kind of what this this run for Becky Lynch has come up with. They were overlooking her. So, she just goes on Twitter and just starts destroying everyone. Yeah, Yeah. Squared Circle Radio. Yeah, yeah. uh, (laughs) Man Cave Inc., private signing with Becky Lynch. There's about 45 JSA certified photos. Any Becky Lynch fans out there looking for some autograph stuff, we got it. Charlotte Flair, we got it. Going back to that Chris Jericho thing, and we were talking earlier about uh, loyalty and territories, people going every. I was a huge mark. Back in the day of you know watching all the different promotions, I had access mm-hmm. to a lot of different promotions I could watch, and there was always I was a huge mark for who could show up at the other promotion when that was a huge deal right. for me. Yeah. I loved that when the guy would come into a new promotion. He's been mm-hmm. in over there for so long, and now he's coming into this. You know, and mm-hmm. what is he going to do? And how they're going to spin it? That Jericho thing when he said Bischoff said, "Go away, do what you're going to do." And then Y2J, Y2J was born, yeah. and that was a huge deal. He went over like Rover with that. Two quick stories. First one was a shout-out to my friend Mike Torrey, who's going to listen to this. Mike used to con my parents into buying the pay-per-views, because you remember, guys, they were 50 bucks. Yes. Oh, they were expensive. <laughs> Mike's famous line was, I have a friend who was at the airport, and he just saw the Road Warriors at the city where the the because they were with WCW yeah. and the NWA at the time, yeah. and the Road Warriors are at the WWE World Lumber Worlds. Mary, my mother's name is. We, we could could you pay for it when I get my paycheck? I'll I'll give you. So he would lie to my parents all the time to get my mom and dad to buy the pay per view. And the second thing, getting at your point, was the greatest work ever. Was Brian Pillman working Bischoff to get let him go to ECW? Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which led to him going to Vince. Vince yeah. And, and Bischoff was like, "What? We let him go? He, <laughs> oh wait, he worked. You know, 
don't get me started on Bischoff. We'll go three hours. You want to talk about the guy who single-handedly ruined this business? I don't care about the NWO. I don't care he had one year of success. He had $320 million to yep. make a company work with national cable backing. He he crapped the bed. He, he, he completely destroyed. Everybody wants to sit here and say um, wrestling's dead, wrestling's this, wrestling went through this bad period. Eric Bischoff, you're to blame. You're a joke. <laughs> yes. And you were the best used car salesman in the history of the world who made yourself a multimillionaire yep. by by just you were selling ninja star <laughs> yes yeah. throwing darts throwing ninja darts stars and, and wife swapping yep you were talking about uh, <laughs> the, the the price of pay-per-views um we were super poor back then <laughs> yeah. and uh, that was also back in the tape trading days um, oh, so we yeah. did a lot of tape trading on, on those pay-per-views. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know about you, but I did a lot of watching through the scrambled screen. Oh, yes. oh we did that, too. We did that, that, oh, click, yes. click, 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 yep. click, click. <laughs> that was a suplex. That was a suplex. <laughs> was, that a, was that a boob? Wait, wrong channel. <laughs> that, that's, how wrong I watched, channel. that's how I watched uh, when uh, Bret Hart finally beat Kurt Henning, when they, Kurt Henning had that streak going. Right. That's how I watched that match was click, click. Yep. <laughs> we've, all, we've all been there. There's no oh, shame. Yes. There's no shame. Kid, kids in a candy store here, right here. Uh, let me let me ask y'all. What do y'all think about all these country expansions that WWE? I think doing? we all know how we feel about the Saudi Arabia thing. Well, yeah, and well, I think mean, the okay. If you're gonna do it, and you're gonna, but why go to Saudi Arabia? Well, Australia made millions, sense. millions. That's why well, they it, paid him. It was all money. It was a it, paycheck. It, there was no, listen. Anybody, there was a paycheck with no effort. If but you, if you if you want to be honest. Vince stole millions of dollars from the Saudi Arabians. Yeah. That's it. End That's of story. It. Because there's no other reason to go there unless you want to say, I just, and the reason why he did it, and I'm sorry, it's a business. I have to show stockholders mm-hmm. in this publicly traded company that we can walk in and make millions yes. of dollars. I, I don't like it. I think it was disrespectful. I have two daughters, okay? Yeah. I have two young ladies that I'm raising to be all you can be. Mm-hmm. And it was disrespectful to the women who, without them, yes. this company might be drawing a half point rating right now. Yeah. Yes. Okay? If you were yeah. doing At it best. just for the money, mm-hmm. Wouldn't you just keep it there? Like, do, why would you make it a part of the American, American storyline? I, think, it's, I right. think that was a part of that the was deal. A part it of had the to deal. be. Yeah. That's, but that's the thing. If you want to expand, you can like, well, like the UK thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're slowly making it a part Gee. of our storyline, but they were having their own thing. Now they took it to Australia, where we have to watch it five a.m. or something <laughs> yeah. weird. And now, but and we we're not going to do that. We're going to watch the pay per view, mm-hmm. and we lose that live feel. And you know, mm-hmm. even though it's like recorded 10 minutes earlier and we watch what's edited right. you still get that live feel but I'm not going to get up but oh, early to I watch didn't. an Australian thing but I never even watched it to be honest with you I watched like I didn't 10 watch minutes the Saudi Ara- crap I didn't know? watch the Saudi Arabia thing um, I did hear I did watch, see the memes. Uh, was it Titus O'Neil? Yeah. The, the, the famous face splat. I did watch that video. <laughs> I went back and watched that because that was that was, I mean that's it was unfortunate bro. But that was funny. That, that, that is, was funny. It's unfortunate that that's all that he will be remembered. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, and touching Vince. Oh, yeah. Touching, touching, touching Vince. Vince. Yes. Next yeah. time I'm on, have me tell you the Saudi Arabia story. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the Hall of Fame inductees uh, so far? Uh, one in particular I want to bring up because it's a controversial pick, I think, because there's going to be a lot of different feelings in the room, is Chris Benoit. Because of his personal life versus his uh, stage life, he is inducted. 
I, into the Hall of I understand that a lot of there's a lot of stories in lots of businesses. You can go to NFL, you can go to boxing, you can go through all sports. You can find some ver- some personal stories that end in some massive tragedy. But it doesn't. I, I don't think that should take away from if they did something really, you know, spectacular yeah. for their business for their sport. And I think Chris Benoit was one of the best workers. And I mean, when the rat the, the radicals, him, uh, Dean Malenko, mm-hmm. another one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, huge, great workers. But man, um, I, I just I think Benoit did so much for the sport, and I think and, he, I think he deserves it. In my, my opinion, myself, I I would vote to put him in. I really put the what happened. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm trying my best to, but I think he is one of the greatest wrestlers I've ever watched. That match between him and Kurt Angle, mm-hmm. I can watch that over and over. The match mm-hmm. between him and Eddie Guerrero at WCW, yes, that's he, he one of the is best just matches. yeah. I mean, it's one I hope thing. He, Bring it, yeah, Brian. Go ahead. I, I was yeah, gonna say, go I, no, I, I'm unfortunately got to be the opposition here, I'm only in my own personal way. Because yes, while he was a great part of of the growing of the business, an amazing star, and he gave a lot. He gave his all. It's when I just for me, it's for one thing for someone. If you after your business, if even if you're during, if you grow a some sort of depression, if you get something, if something's wrong, let's say for some reason. If you, I don't know, committed suicide, but it was just you, mm-hmm. while very, very terrible that you had to take your own life, then, I mean, that can, I mean, you did, it was you. It was depression. You did it to it's yourself. It's the murder part. I'm, it's, part it's, it. To me, I cannot accept that you took your family I'm, I'm that with, had nothing to do with any any of your problems. I'm with you. There are things I can look past. There are things I can look and past. And there's things that are just so horrible that... That's all I see. Yes. If you were to rape someone, kill someone, do anything that's like, you know, federal prison stuff. Yes. Oh, can I then, cut you off a minute? Yeah, go, go, go ahead. Go for right, it, Because this is a sensitive subject for it me. Is. Go ahead. Go for okay. it. Um, two opinions. I have okay. kind of a split personality on this. Okay. Was he the best wrestler I've ever watched? Top 10 of all time. Mm-hmm. Yes. In the ring. Absolutely. Easy. Okay. He killed his kid. Yes. I'm a father. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, right I would you. right now jump in front of a train and kill myself to make sure my daughters are never harmed in any exactly. way. Exactly. Okay. So as a parent, he makes me sick to my stomach mm-hmm. because I can't imagine next year at this time when the damn Chris Benoit t-shirt hits yep. or the Chris Benoit drinking glass is in Spencer's. That will make me sick. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Second thing that tears at me a little bit is what you just said. Okay. What did Booker T do? He's a convicted uh, armed robber, mm-hmm. convicted bank robber, drew bank pistols robbery? and beat down women yeah. in a bank. Yep. What did Pat Patterson do? I don't know. You guys don't know the Pat Patterson I don't, story? We don't know the Pat Patterson story. Okay, I don't. the WWE ring, I'll, I'll give you a DVD Please. I have. It's called uh, something. Is the ring? It was made by a gentleman in New Jersey who went behind the scenes and took all the yeah, criminal acts of wrestlers and put it on a, a DVD. The ring crew, Mel Phillips, Pat Patterson, and these guys were publicly sued and charged with child molestation. Pat See, Patterson that's, is, that's awful. They would pick up homeless boys in cities in, in the early 80s and say, okay, you don't have a place to sleep tonight. You're going to set the ring up for us at the WWE, and we have a nice hotel room for you, young boy. Come with us. Yeah. And these guys would eventually stay as part of the ring crew, and then all of a sudden they realized we're getting raped. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and it was uh, one of the Garvins, Terry Garvin, uh, Mel Phillips, 
and um, Pat Patterson were mm-hmm. accused to the point of going on the Donahue show in New York yeah. and having charges. And the boys were bought off in a lawsuit and paid off, and the lawsuit yeah. went away. See, and that's where I think sex it criminals go. in this business are disgusting. I don't yeah. want to bring up names because I don't yeah. want to be sued. Yeah. But there's guys in this business who are legends in Memphis who are known pedophiles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where did you? My dad met my girlfriend at my eighth grade dance. That's that's a joke that was said here for many years in mm-hmm. the wrestling scene in in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Okay. There's a lot of sexual deviance in this business. And this is really where I'm torn because I say to myself, I have dinner with these people. Mm-hmm. I've been in a locker room with Chris yep. Benoit. I've, I've had him on indie shows. Dennis Corluzzo would book him all the time. And this was a guy that I won't say I consider him a friend by any stretch. I'm not trying to ride somebody's coattails. I was an associate with this gentleman. Yeah. He killed his kid. Yes. Killed his kid. Yeah. But see, with you, I, I'm with you. Like you said, Booker T. I didn't know these things like about Booker T. And who was the other Pat one? Patterson. Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson. That's just two. I don't see, and it's like there's things I can look past, like uh, with Hulk Hogan. He said a racist thing. We all make mistakes, you know. Like you know, he was also on video sleeping with someone else's wife. But he got paid to do that. Oh, he got paid to do that. He got a paycheck, hundred million dollars for that. No, but he got paid to sleep with that guy's wife. Oh yeah, that's the biggest scam ever. There's bad decisions that don't really affect anybody but himself and make them look bad. And then there's things that you ruin people's lives, Mm -hmm. and you've committed felonies and you've really done atrocities that change the world. I just don't think. Like with if if Booker T really beat women and you know robbed and Pat Patterson you know being a molester, that shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. You shouldn't reward that. That I mean, even if you separated, but it's forgotten after a couple of years. It's it like is. it didn't exist. Wrestling is the only sport I've ever seen completely rewrite its mm-hmm. history on a yearly basis. Yes. It's because they do a good job of separating TV versus They real took life. Benoit off the network. You weren't yeah. allowed to mention him. They took right. his matches away. Yep. Yes. Okay? They mm-hmm. took... Like, they took, he didn't I think exist. For a little while. Mm-hmm. I think I even think it's still, his, the Royal Rumble that he won. It he, was taken off. It was taken off the, yeah. the network. Everything was erased. I don't know whether... Now, okay, let's let's bring something else up now. You want to honor Chris Benoit, right? What I about, don't want to honor him. No, I'm not saying... I'm yeah, sorry. I know. I'm saying. <laughs> what about China? The right. most influential that's woman the in the history of the business. We're, we're that's the one I was going to bring up too. Yeah. I mean, Joni changed this business. She changed yeah. it. I think she did a lot for it, and I, she had her demons, and she did a lot, made a lot of bad decisions after wrestling. She made but porn. What so exactly? What? Yeah, exactly. she made porn. Like she, she didn't porn. kill her kid. Yeah, no, she didn't kill her kid. And so. depression killed her. That's what that mm-hmm. that's what we were going to lead to next. Like I'm sorry. you know, porn. Oh, no, no, you're no, fine. No, 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 you're good. Go Bring it on. Yeah, y'all know more than us, but <laughs> that's what we're that, that's where we were going to go. Well, it to goes back to an hour ago. I said to you every time China. this phone rings after dark, I'm afraid it's one of my friends dead. I've lost forty friends of mine in this mm-hmm. business. Forty. Man. How many suicides? How many guys yes. that are depressed? Well, to that point, and to some of the point of what the things you've been bringing up, though. It, because a lot of these things are so rampant in this business, I mean, you know, in order to even have a Hall of Fame, you kind of have to separate personal from professional well, to even have one exist. Let's have an '80s wrestling convention. All five guys could show up. That's yeah. true. Can I, can, That's true. Yeah. That that with that, it's like how is Jake alive? Yeah, I don't know. It must, uh, be, it must be the pissy drink. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> David, you've been quiet over there, man. What do you think? Are, are you yeah, the yeah, yeah. tie? Or I, the... No, I'm, I'm, and I've had heated argument conversations with people over the years. I can't separate things out like that. Yeah. And it especially came to light with the Steve McNair situation. 
I can't tell you how great of a person and great of a player Steve McNair was because I know and knew what he was doing. Yes. All I ever heard was Steve is he's a great quarterback. He's a great father. No, he's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, a great father is, does not sleep around with any woman that is sleeping but, around. But do you with. understand? Like, listen, I can't agree with you more. We're going to be really good friends. You, <laughs> you have an insight into the business. Completely gained my respect in the last hour. But the problem in the American culture is there are certain people who can't separate race, crime, injustice, and and anything from an athlete or celebrity. Mm-hmm. If you could score a touchdown for me, I don't care. You beat mm-hmm. your wife. Yes. Yep. If you can make me suspend realization for 15 minutes and have the best steel cage match yes. ever, I don't care. You killed your kid. That's the problem with some people. They can't separate. And it happens a lot more in wrestling than any other thing I've ever been around. Well, the Redskins yeah. owner doesn't give a crap what you do. You can be <laughs> yeah. convicted listen, felon. Listen, it's, 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 it's really funny, but it's not. What was wrestling built on? Stereotypes and racism. Yeah, we hated and sexism the, and sexism. We hated the Japs. We hated the Germans. We and, and being part Native American myself, we were laughed at. We took an Italian and made him Joe Scarpa, became Chief J Strongbow, who danced around and did a war dance, and 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 it was, but it was suspended belief because it was a different time and a different era. And I yeah. am by far no way a snowflake. No way have I never said the N word. No way have I ever not cursed in church. I am I'm, I'm you know whatever. But a real father to me is a guy who goes to work six days a week and supports his kids yeah. and takes his kid to a ball game at $50 tickets mm-hmm. and pays for his kid to go to hitting a lesson. Mm-hmm. Not a guy who goes on TV and has a steel cage match but kills the kid's mother and kills him because he's got Asperger's and, and yeah. he can't handle the pressure of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's disgusting mm-hmm. to Very. me. Yeah, I think, I think a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of people that are drawn to this business have addictive personalities. And when you add that addictive personality to staying on the road and the rigors of travel and the rigors of what you're putting your body through physically and the mental exhaustion that goes through, mm-hmm. I, that's that's what leads down the path of us losing so many of these guys and at an early And put in narcotics. Age. Oh, yeah. Put in steroids. Yep. And put in the fact, again, exactly what you're saying, it's all about your ego. Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah. if it was real fighting... Not everybody would be a six foot no. one guy with, nope. with, with, with giant mm-hmm. muscles. There'd, there'd be yeah. a tank Abbott mixed in there. I have never been beat up by anyone larger than me. Not many people are bigger than this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if people have seen this guy. He's a pretty big dude. You know? there's, a, there's another rumor floating around, um, and I'm really hoping you don't ruin this for me. But <laughs> you know what? Uh, ruin it. Ruin it. Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> Rob Van Dam. Oh, I, I mean, I got nothing bad to say about the guy. I mean, he smoked a little weed and he blew his career, but he was one of the greatest workers in history. That's why I love him. He was such a great worker. He sh- he could have been so much more than what he was, and I hate that. But, I man, I loved, guys who, I loved his matches. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys universally you never hear anyone say a bad word about. Rob mm-hmm. is as dedicated as they come. I mean, he yeah. worked his way up from doing jobs mm-hmm. and doing this and that and made a career out of himself. I mean, the guy started off kissing – Ted DiBiase's feet. Yeah, I, mean, I remember, yeah, I remember <laughs> that. I remember that. But you know, you know, like if te- if he did what he did then, he did today, mm-hmm. he'd be the most over guy in wrestling because oh, yeah. he yes. smoked the joint. Oh, he got yeah. caught in the car. Yeah. Yeah. What's the big deal? Yeah. There's your double standard. Yeah. Vince fired a guy for getting caught smoking weed. Yeah. When he paid a hundred million guys to take story. Do you know the story about levels? Do you under- Do you know what levels are? 
As for in pr- reference to what? R- wrestling and body structure, your levels. No. So, okay, before you're hired for the WWE or TNA at the time when they did their drug testing, they would go to this monster right here sitting next to me and say, okay, we're going to do blood work, and your testosterone level at that time can never go past that. Mm-hmm. So if he went out uh, and they gave you six weeks, so I would go home and start drinking vials of testosterone by the leader and downing testosterone and, and, and D-ball and all of this other mm-hmm. nonsense of body enhancement crap. And get my levels as high as I physically can get them. Because my testosterone at the blood test, a normal human being's testosterone is 400. Mm. Healthy guy who wakes up every morning with morning wood and is completely in great shape is at 400, <laughs> let's say. Drinking 50 gallons, and I'm exaggerating. Yeah. He goes in and he gets his WWE drug piss test and his testosterone levels are 1,100. <laughs> so now for his stay of the contract, his levels can't exceed 1,100. Wow. So he can take all the roids he wants because his levels have never changed. Man. Wow. Wow. That's how you get around drug testing. But you smoke the joint. Oh, you're out. You're out. Yeah. But it's what you know, it's what they see and don't see and what the internet shows and doesn't show. That's why double and triple standards. Exactly. That's why, you know, today if it's Posted on the internet, then people have to do something about it. Well, if it's on the internet, it's got to be real, right? Right. Everything on the internet. But that's what what they go by. If if you have a if you had like two thousand people reply to one post that could be fake or not, and eighty percent are negative, then the owners or whoever is going to go by that and say. Ooh, if we keep them on, that's going to ruin business for me. I'm going to go by. What's AEW's policy on drug testing? They, I, I, would I haven't read that, that far into it. It, has, it hasn't been announced yet, right? right? Yeah. Okay. I was just, while, while Rick was talking, I was looking up, because I remember the story of Billy Gunn uh, getting tagged for a testosterone test a couple years ago uh-huh. at 52 years old uh, with that, uh, with a testosterone to epitestosterone ratio of 37 to 1 when a normal range is 4 to 1. Oh, my God. Oh my God. 52-year-old Billy Gunn, who was training for a bodybuilding competition. competition. It's still juicing. <laughs> and one, and one wow. of the greatest workers at 55 years old oh, yes. in the country. Yeah. How about we had a wrestler named Test? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, Test. No in, terrible character. No, no, no innuendos there. Mm-hmm. But that's my point on the double standard, and which upsets me now is that, I mean, it all just goes back to the Benoit question. Can you forgive him or you can't? You know, and, and and it's interesting to see because it's it's above my pay grade. Yeah, I'm not yeah. making those decisions. Nope. But as a fan, this is where you could say, I'm done. Yeah. Cancel your subscription to the network mm-hmm. if you're a real fan and this bothers you as a human being. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, I don't want to hear you little snowflakes complain about other things down the road. There you go. Okay, that's it. Here's your chance. You want to make a statement? When 50,000 people cancel the yep. network... Yep. The day that's publicly is it publicly been announced? No, it's not it. official no, no, yet. No, okay, no. I heard Bam Bam Bigelow the other day, and I was praying that's that another, that's true. Yeah. It's another rumor. You know, yeah, that's another one I heard. That's the beast from the east, and oh, you know, we all go up idolizing Bam Bigelow. There is nobody better in this business as a person either. A wonderful guy. I remember where I was the first time I saw Bam Bam Bigelow. Is Memphis. It? Oh, well, you no, uh, you. I, I tried to. I love Memphis wrestling. I tried to avoid the city with <laughs> any way with I can. With passion. You, it was it was your neighbor who introduced you to wrestling in the south. It's our grandmothers. So yeah. I was at my grandmother's house the first time I saw a 320-pound Bam Bam Bigelow yeah. turn a turn a cartwheel. It was yeah. the most impressive thing that I'd ever seen in my entire yeah. life. Yeah. I, he, I unfortunately kind of skipped around him a lot in the early days. I didn't get to see him until he was uh, with the WWF, mm-hmm. um, and I got to see and them live Lawrence at a house too. show. 
I got to no, I got to see him in a house show at the miserable, I mean the municipal auditorium, <laughs> and uh, uh, fighting um, uh, the big boss man. And that was a because both of those guys were great, great workers, great, yeah. great, great. and uh, man, that was a fantastic match, non televised. One of the best matches. It's probably in my top ten because both of those guys were doing high spots. Could, could you mm-hmm. imagine? This is something I always say as a promoter and to my friends. Could you imagine what the indies would look like now if these guys weren't all dead? Because they'd still be working. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 They would. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. So let's 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 go back to our happy place. You know? <laughs> let's go. Let's go back to let's let's get into old school because this oh, is where oh. we all our hearts are. We I've been hearing it for the past hour and a half. Yeah. We the how what got you in? I know at, we've heard no, no, as where, a fan. As what, a fan, what brought you in to wrestling as a fan? What made uh, the earliest remember memory that I have of professional wrestling was probably around seven years old, and it was um, so that would have been nineteen eighty four, and Birth we, of had, we had just gotten cable for the yep. first time. Yep. Nice. It's always cable, uh, always cable. Had that ah, scientific yes. Atlanta box on there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for, for whatever reason, we didn't we didn't consistently get. Uh, I don't I don't know what Memphis was airing on at the time. What channel out of Nashville? But I didn't consistently get it. So I got that off and on. But when we plugged in that scientific Atlanta box, and yeah. it's six oh five on Saturday, and the first time I ever saw someone that I didn't know I was related to at the time in the rock and roll express mm-hmm. take to the ring for the very first time. That was the most mesmerizing thing that I'd ever seen. And not too long after that, um, cause at the time we didn't have under armor and yeah. high spots where we could <laughs> order gear from or whatever. I was trying to make a pair of tights that said rock and roll down the side out of my mom's <laughs> panty. <laughs> yes. And that was almost the last time my dad yes. ever let me watch wrestling. So, <laughs> so, so Joey Ryan stole your gimmick. <laughs> For me, I've been watching uh, this for ten minutes, and all of a sudden he's cross dressing. I remember Memphis being on. I remember Memphis being on um, at ten a.m. Ten a.m. because yep. um, I, it was on ABC. Because immediately following would go right into ABC Wild World Sports. Because I always remember the thrill of victory, the, the agony, agony of, of defeat. defeat. <laughs> guy crashing into the fence right i just wanted to bring that up i was in always too uh there was growing up in spring hill there was kind of a line that if you were any further south than where we were living at the time you could also pick up some of the alabama stations yeah so i there was kids that i went to 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 school with who were picking up the station out of huntsville that had totally different wrestlers Mm -hmm. and i I wonder what, what happened with when when Billy Joe Travis lost the loser league town match, yeah. and this guy's still telling me he's on TV, it was like he's not on my TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jim Cornette is the greatest storyteller in the world, and he tells the best stories about old school television. How he would well, drive- the man kept records of every little every thing that happened. But he would talk about how he drove to his cousin's house, who lived on the other side of Louisville, and they didn't get Memphis, but they got uh, you know Continental. Continental. Yeah. And, he, yeah. and you know the best. You asked me what got me hooked. Um, my, my dad's an American Indian. My mom's Italian. Okay. Uh, my dad really loved high-impact sports, boxing, um, professional hockey because of the fighting, mm-hmm. and, and, and he loved soccer being, you know, that, that culture. He and my mom went out one night, babysitter, thought I was asleep, and back in the day in New Jersey, and I don't know who ever put this on, and if they do, I thank you and I love you. <laughs> for, for Monday night at midnight was Florida Championship Wrestling. 
Tuesday night at midnight was Bill Watts Mid-South Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Wednesday night was Continental. Thursday was the rerun of Georgia, which we already yeah. would watch on, mm-hmm. on cable. And Friday was um, uh, Joe Petticino's Pro Wrestling Clips shows. Oh, yeah. So you would get a little bit of Florida LaBelle. You would get... And you didn't know these people existed. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember watching a... What got me hooked was obviously the, my neighbor showing me that match. But what got me to always want to watch it was there was a, a battle royal in the labels where they did a spot i've never seen before and i never saw after all 30 guys jumped on each other and made a dog pile <laughs> and mil mascaris <laughs> ended up on the top of it yeah and one of the guys came out from the bottom of the pile and he hit the the, the splash off of the 30th guy <laughs> oh that's oh, wow. hilarious that's awesome and i was just like oh my god he could fly <laughs> <laughs> so did you watch any other tv did no no 18 i'm, I'm no. not i'm not gonna lie to you i swear to god yeah, professional hockey and professional wrestling that's all my life existed. So you're a of. devil's fan aren't not you? at all no <laughs> My back, from Jersey. my back is, first of all, I'm 48 years old. <laughs> I'm a New York Ranger diehard, 35-year season oh, ticket holder. Ranger my back fan. is tattooed okay. with the goalie mask of the Rangers of the 70s. Okay. I'm a fan before the Devils existed. That's all I mean. Okay. So <laughs> Gretzky fan. Uh, You're a Gretzky fan. Well, I was actually just got into the NHL right before Gretzky started playing in 79. Okay. I can okay. remember games. But the, the the wrestling society back then was, and again, I hate you guys with a passion. <laughs> you guys. Our but, job is done. But, but New Jersey <laughs> New Jersey is a birthplace of tons of talent. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot oh, yeah. of pro wrestling mm-hmm. came out of the New York, New Jersey area. But the South, man, oh, my God, what I would have done to grow up here. And you know what's funny? Like, I have one piece of memorabilia. I'm going to make you guys jealous. My first two years here, all I do is go to flea markets, mm-hmm. bookstores, and um, every fair that I can possibly go to, and the first question I ask is, do you have USWA programs? Do you have any kind of wrestling memorabilia, mm-hmm. books, magazines, posters, and nothing? Nobody. Mm-hmm. But I met um, a woman on 8th, uh, downtown on 8th Ave, and she says to me, I have a jacket in my house, and I got it at a, uh, um, a state sale. You might be interested in it. And I was like, okay, I'll meet you here next week. And I drove all the way back down the next week, because I knew no one here, and I still don't. And I pulled up, and the lady's like, would you want to buy this? And it was Ghoulis Championship Wrestling. Oh, nice. Purple ring jacket. And on the front, it said Steve Ovakowski on it. Steve Ovakowski. Oh, wow. And I said, oh, like, I'm trying to play it cool. I'm saying to myself, I will mortgage anything I've got. (laughs) How much do you want for that? And she's like, it's 40 fair. And I go, I have 30. Oh, like, wow. Okay. She goes, okay, I'll take it. And I went, drove to my parents' house in Jersey. It's sealed in like one of those nice. old school plastic wrappers. And, it's, That's cool. and it's just like my biggest treasure. Like, nice. oh my God. But it's the only thing I found here. And what I found out was people here don't, don't, don't get rid of their memorabilia. No, 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 no. no, no. Like I met some lady on, again, Charlotte Pike, just randomly working. I do construction and we were talking and I was wearing a rock t-shirt and she walks up to me and goes, man, that flex boy, he became famous. Flex (laughs) Cabana. Cabana. And I go, Oh, you, you follow Flex's career. And she goes, honey, I'm Jeff Jarrett's auntie. And I, <laughs> and I talked to this woman on the corner for about three hours. Nice. Literally, just, and I forgot her name. God bless her. She was a wonderful person. And I said something to her like, hey, man, where do I buy some of these old posters? And I know Jerry. you know. I, yeah. And she says, Jeff's parents have a barn somewhere on their property. 
and, and, and they have hundreds of thousands of nothing but programs and posters and memorabilia that they saved, and it never gets out. They don't want to give wow. it up. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and in Jersey, <laughs> you could walk into a garage sale and anybody's front lawn, and, and there's a pair of, I literally bought Ox, Booker, Ox Baker's boots nice. from the ICW back in the 70s at a garage sale in mm. New Jersey. Wow. He rented the person's house and left them in the attic. Man. Wow. Huh. You know, but this culture here that you yeah. guys have, oh. and I'm just going to say that the jealousy of, of a guy up there, because, yeah. you know, cable changed the world. I got yeah. I got Bruiser Bob Sweet Hand for a little while, and I, and I got Georgia. Mm-hmm. But, man, the, what you guys grew up here with and being a fan of the sport that you guys mm-hmm. love, obviously, the passion in the room is insane. I would tr- if I had a time machine with the Dorito kid. Yeah. I would ask that Dorito kid to send me back to 1986 Memphis. They know Ryan here. He's all about the Southern. You couldn't. I love the Southern wrestling, uh, and I call it wrestling. I don't care what anybody oh, says. Can, it's still real to me, Ryan. It's, exactly. I'm a son of the South. I was I was raised on professional wrestling and Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, Why are we not at the Dukes convention tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I just now found out that that was going on I today. Actually, I actually reached out to Schneider and he said that it, you know he could do something if he's ever in Nashville. Well, he's been. Really? He's actually yeah. he was in the he was in our building a couple weeks ago, and it was also the same day uh, when they were doing Jr. and the King at Zanies. Yeah. we were emceeing that event. So within the span of thirty minutes, I I was talking and going over things with Jim Ross, and then yeah, and then Bo Duke walks through the belly. Oh, I'm yeah. like, <laughs> <"That's not laughs> I can take me now. <laughs> it's not getting any better than this. John Schneider at the Chiller Theater Convention in New Jersey about five years ago. I have some uh, Rob Van Dam, one of my guests at the table, and you know it's a celebrity autograph show. So afterwards, at night, all the celebrities hang in the hotel, and they're all just in the bar drinking and hanging out. And I'm with the cast of American Horror Story, oh, yeah. but in walks one of the Dukes, <laughs> you know. So I walk over and I said, "I don't care what you say, sir. I would love to be able to buy you a drink. You know, please, can we?" And he looks at me and goes, "Drink." Get a bottle of Southern Comfort and sit down, kid. Let's party. (laughs) We killed. I got to sit with one of my idols and drink a bottle. And, you know, it's just the guy's awesome. And if you grew up in that era, you couldn't have nailed it more, man. Yeah, I mean, wrestling, the Dukes. But, like, what got me into wrestling? Hulk Hogan got me into wrestling. I'm sorry. Ric Flair made me want to be a heel. And Lance Russell was the voice of my childhood. He was. Hands down. Lance Russell. Lance Russell. And Gordon Soley. And Gordon Soley. You know that the opening to to Memphis Wrestling is the the, The statue. The statue turning around Mm -hmm. and everything. So, Teeny, Jerry Jarrett's mother, bought that for him for that purpose of having that as a as a prop piece okay. when they started doing when he started doing television for years I tried to get Jerry to adopt me and he thought I was just trying to get his money and I'm like no I just I want you to adopt me and when, when you pass I want that years from now I just want <laughs> that, that to be bequeathed to me yes <laughs> hasn't worked out yet let me ask you this uh, because uh, Hulk Hogan's been mentioned Ric Flair's been mentioned would you say wh- who would you put as the ultimate face and ultimate heel in my opinion when it comes to old school wrestling Hulk Hogan made what face is and Ric Flair to this day will be the greatest heel who is ever alive because Ric Flair has never changed now Hulk Hogan went to the heel Mm -hmm. you know for a while with NWO and all that stuff I was really disappointed I think 
America was disappointed <laughs> when that happened. Uh, but but it know, went over like Rover. It you know he was still huge, but you know I think it was even bigger when he left the NWO thing and came back to his Hulk Hogan Hulkamania thing. And uh, when you heard that music play, I am a great, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think more people were excited about that. So I think, you know, on as, the anniversary, 35 years yesterday, yeah, was Hulk Hogan Day, Madison Square Garden. He became mm-hmm. world, champion. world champion. Row two, camera side, right there. I was there. Uh, That's yeah. one of my, uh, you know, one of my greatest moments in in as a child was I was there ringside, second row, saw nice. that live. And it's great. Yeah. So would you say that Hulk Hogan is the face? Okay, in two, Ric Flair? two two categories. You say as a money maker, industry changer, Hulk Hogan is the face of professional wrestling. Bar none, anyone who says no is ignorant. Mm-hmm. Okay, as a wrestling fan, mm-hmm. person who loves the business, Ric Flair is the greatest ever. Yes. Oh yes. yeah. You know, I, I read Savage. the other day he has 11 more championships than Tom Brady. <laughs> God bless you, Ric Flair. And Flair's balls were deflated. <laughs> <laughs> Not according to the stories. Yeah. <laughs> well, well they I were gonna, deflated. I, just a lot of I, women. I, I was going I was. I tried to catch myself on that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's been divorced more times than I, some guys have had sex. You man. Know? <laughs> so you're you're separating it as what they've done. Well, you have to because really really who's the greatest tag team in the history of wrestling? Road man, Wars. that could go anywhere here. Yeah. <laughs> you're my friend. No, because the Rock the, and Roll Express. The rock, <laughs> wait, no no rock one will ever okay. be as over as my, the Rock and, rock and roll, roll Express. My point: the greatest tag team in wrestling. Work weight. Rock and Roll or Midnight's, yeah. both yes. of them up there, oh, greatest yeah. feuds ever, yeah. right there. Road Warriors, man, what are you going to make money with? You're going to make money with these two guys first. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they revolutionized the look, the size, the style. They took the the meathead gym guys of the '80s, and and, and listen, I, they are the reason that yes. I'm a fanatic. But I'd be ignorant to say that Ricky and Robert oh, yeah. weren't better, weren't, didn't have every bit of the charisma. Well, I mean, I should say. 50 times the charisma as Hawk and Animal, mm-hmm. 50 times the interview prowess, 50 times the work rate. And if I want to make money on a show, I'm going to put the Rock and Rolls versus the Midnights. If oh, I don't yes. care about work rate and I just want to draw up fans, I'm putting the Road Warriors. Yep. That's I a good say, point, man. Yeah, and I don't. you might agree with me. I think Ricky Morton is the greatest seller of them yeah. all. Like, I mean, he can just sell. Do you remember Flair when he attacked him in Georgia? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, and then, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he... There was people crying. Like, yes. literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And whenever he was talking about the training bras and this and that with Ricky Moore, they are, and I mean, we I got, met. I get double Ds and you get training bras. Exactly. We met Ricky Morton, and I remember him telling us, I got my PhD in wrestling from Ric Flair. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, yeah, and I love the Rock and Roll Express. And yes. he will talk your ear off. The other guy, he what he said three words yeah. to Who's, us, baby. Rob, <laughs> who doesn't speak and Ricky don't stop, but the greatest road trip I ever had, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, Tommy Rich in a car in Jersey. <laughs> we go to a uh, real quick if we have time, we go to a, we go to a, we go to a friendly's restaurant for lunch. And Tommy Rich is all fired up, right? So Robert's in the front seat, Ricky and Tommy are in the back. 
I bring him into lunch, and we sit down, and there's a about a 17-year-old. We're in the worst neighborhood in New Jersey. It's Newark, New Jersey. Ah, uh, Newark. Horrible. It makes Memphis look like Club Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> we go into the restaurant. We have an African-American waiter. He's about 17 or 18 years old, and Tommy Rich looks at the kid, and, and who just looks at Rich and goes, what are you going to do? And, and Tommy goes, hey, brother, how you doing? Yeah, I got to ask you a question. Where are you from, boy? You don't look like you're from Jersey. So the kid very, very respectfully goes, oh, yes, sir, um, I actually did just move here recently from the Carolinas. And he just named some little town in yeah. Carolina. I don't know. Name a town. I'm not from. <laughs> Lumberton. Lumberton. <laughs> I'm from Lumberton, Carolina. Yeah. Right? So Tommy Rich goes, I got to ask you a question, boy. I spent a lot of time in Cumberland. You're African-American? And, and the kid goes, yes, sir. He says, do you have a mama? And, 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 and Robert Gibson is just literally rolling his eyes in the back of his head, rubbing him, and he's like, oh, my God, this is going to be bad. And the kid goes, y- y- yes, sir, I-, I have a mother. He goes, is she fat? Is she a fat girl? Is your mama fat? <laughs> and the kid just looks at Tommy Rich and goes, y- yes, sir, my, my, my mother's heavy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and Tommy goes, let me guess, how old are you? And, and the kid goes, 18. So Tommy goes, oh, you're 18. 18 years ago, I, I had sex with a really, really fat, ugly woman. Oh, no. I, I, I think you're my son. Oh, no. And, and the kid just that doesn't know kid. what to say at this point. And Robert Gibson is just head down laughing, laughing into his shirt going, he does this in every city. And Tommy's just going, your mama, what's her name? It's, and he's just naming letters. And finally the kid goes, it's like Wilhelmina. Oh my God, fat Wilhelmina from Wilhelmina. I I had sex with your mama. And then he goes, you're going to buy daddy a beer. And and he's trying to just get the kid to buy him a free beer. And it was just, and and Robert Gibson the whole time just has his face down in his shirt. Doesn't say a word and looks at me and goes, he's done this in every city in the United States. That's horrible. It was so funny. And and, and Ricky Morton is just sitting there laughing, and then he just looks at me and goes, don't let Robert fool you. He's not innocent. And and I'm like, oh, okay. And he's just like, no, no, no. Ask him what he gets off on. Ask him. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm kind of afraid. And then Ricky Morton's just feeding him and feeding him, feeding him. And finally he goes, ask him about the hookers and the glass tabletop. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to hear this, you know. But Ricky just throws. throws He's the king of setting up bad Robert Gibson stories. And they just, you couldn't get two more opposite guys. Ricky doesn't stop busting and talking. And Robert doesn't say much. But, boy, when he does it, it will just knock your socks off. And, And. and same thing in the ring. You know, Ricky yeah. did all the selling, all the things. Robert would take the hot tag, hit the drop kicks, mm-hmm. and and there's nobody. And I hate you. He's related <laughs> to this guy. He's like sitting here. He just lets it. Slip. He's my. But if you saw my drop kick, you would not think that they were close. You would think I was Jerry Lawler's son. If I throw a drop kick, look out for your ankles. <laughs> That's me right here. <laughs> let me let me ask you, uh, David and Ricky, before we close out, what what is the most you might have already mentioned it, but what is the most memorable match in the past that you can that when you think like, man, this this is the when one. When you think match. best match of all time, what's the first thing what's that comes the first to mind? Flair Steamboat, Meadowlands. 
Yeah. Pro wrestling. USA I think that card. has been said uh-huh. every time we've nothing better brought that up. I, I think if someone Flair Steamboat man, God, if someone in, and you know, listening to our our show midday one eighty, Paul Koharski hates professional wrestling. Yeah. Yes. But for people like that, if I'm having a discussion on them about how professional wrestling is art, mm-hmm. I will turn them to Steamboat and Flair. Yes. Yeah. But as a child, one of the most rem- memorable matches that I still remember this day, I used to be the video shop in Columbia, Tennessee, when we first got a VCR. Yeah. I went there and they had all the all the, the Star Cates and the Great American bashes yeah, yeah. and on tape. And I rented the same ones over and over <laughs> oh, yeah. and over again. But when the Rock and Roll Express beat the Russians for the tag titles oh, in the cage, that box, was man. that was one of the greatest experiences one to, of my, my, to that day of my life. One of my biggest childhood memories was uh, Don Morocco and Jimmy Snuka in oh, the cage yeah, match. Yeah. When Snuka, mm-hmm. when he did it off the, off he came off the, the top of that cage. That was a Man. tall did you, cage. Did you watch that whole feud? Yes. Yeah. I, did. I mean, again, unfortunately, I was ringside for that. When oh, I, nice. I, I, 1981 to 1993, I was ringside at every Madison Square Garden. Nice. We had a connection. Our little league coach in town had a connection at the garden and would get us tickets, and uh, like the parents would drive cars of us to every show. That was insane. Mm-hmm. You have no, and when he went back in, because people forget that he hit the splash, and that's what they remember. But he hit the headbutt and yes. knocked Morocco through the door to lose the match. Yes. Went back to the floor, brought him back in to hit the hit high spot, spot to wow. send the crowd home happy because yeah. Snooker he lost. Yeah. He lost, yeah. and people forget the fact that Jimmy Snooker was more over. That yeah. Hulk Hogan could have ever prayed to be yes. in the New York City, New Jersey, Philadelphia area at the time. And if it wasn't for the alleged, which now has come out to be the right. murder of his girlfriend in the yeah. book, unfortunately, God rest his soul, Jimmy was a lifelong friend of mine. I don't know if he did it or if he didn't, but when the charges were brought up, you notice he got phased completely out yeah. of WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. He got completely quickly. phased out quickly to the point Very where he quickly. was nothing on the card. Yep. He didn't even wrestle. Right. They brought a guy like Playboy Buddy Rosen mm-hmm. to do a match and and... and he got something over Jimmy. But Jimmy was so mega. You talk about turning a crowd when he came in as the savage because, again, nobody saw Jimmy Snooker in the Northeast before. Yeah. I saw him teaming with Otis Sistrunk against the Freebirds, and I knew who he was. Mm-hmm. But when he came in with Captain Llewell Bano and they teased his hair out, and he came in with a beard and no mm-hmm. shoes, and he wrestled barefoot, and he was hitting splashes on jobbers, and he was bouncing seven feet back up in the air mm-hmm. and coming back down. Like, he was crippling, guys. Yeah. And then Buddy Rogers reveals that Albano's robbing his money, yep. and he turns him babyface. I'm telling you right now, the course of history could have been changed without that event taking place in that hotel because Jimmy Snuka would have his popularity would have succumbed. Hulk Hogan. He would have passed Hogan. That's oh, how yes. over he was in the Northeast. Yeah, yeah. and that whole rock and wrestling thing would have happened without Hogan coming yeah. in because that was through Lou Albano. Lou Albano, Vol yeah. for Life, by the way, yeah. Lou Albano. There you go. Um, that would have happened, and, and you're 100% right. Jimmy Snuka was was Way the over. most over guy in that part of the country. And we, we've had discussions in the past of what would have happened if Vince hadn't raided the AWA. What, what, would, have, what would the, the structure and, and the history of wrestling looked like if Hulk had stayed in Minnesota? Yeah. I mean, it would have been totally different. 
Yeah. Uh, Vince still would have went out and tried to find someone who fit that image of a Hulk Hogan. Yeah. But who would have? How been many at guys the time? have claimed it? How many guys have claimed it? You've had Ter- Tony Atlas step up and say the original plan was yeah. for me. And if you go back in history, Atlas never lost to Hogan. Yeah. He has three victories over him in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Vince was pushing Atlas like crazy. Jimmy Snuka was supposedly in 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 the fit the mold Johnny Bravo you're going to wear the jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a lot and, and and talk about loyalty from the first question you brought up tonight and whatever time ago it was. Hogan never told Gagne he was leaving. Yeah. He screwed the guy. He yes. screwed Vern yeah. worse than anybody in the history of the business. He just packed his suitcase one night and left. He was all the idea of Hulkamania was originally an AWA idea. The mm-hmm. t-shirts, the marketing, the that was all Vince just yeah. saying, I can make this to the next level. Yep. But how many times did they have Hogan in already and didn't do anything with him before that? He was yeah. a heel with a I tornado remember, shaved into his chest. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when he wore the, the headgear. Do you remember that? The when war bonnet. Like, yeah, the war yeah. bonnet, yeah. Yeah, I think that probably whenever you were talking about greatest match, for me alone, two matches, and it involves Ricky Steamboat. Steamboat versus Flair, and for me. Savage. And Steamboat yeah. versus Savage, yep. WrestleMania three. Yeah. Yep. I think that one right there, even though the whole anticipation was Hogan versus Andre, Steamboat and Savage stole that shit. For me, yeah. that Steamboat was the best alone match. is probably, if you, I think Dusty Rhodes said it best, if you're a new guy in wrestling, study Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. And, I, and, and a little thing for you. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed who's been sitting in the end zone in Knoxville last season? No. Ricky Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat. No, guest, it, really? Guest of my, my fake yeah. nephew. Everybody calls him my nephew, but he's just my best friend's son, Jared Garantano, struck up a conversation, uh, conversation with Ricky Steamboat online and saw him wearing a Vols t-shirt um, and invited him to a game. It turns out Ricky's new wife is a former cheerleader in Knoxville. They don't miss a game. Mm-hmm. And wow. Ricky, Ricky Steamboat is a gigantic University of Tennessee fan. Yep. Gold Vols. And nice. when he's up there next year, I'll introduce you. I would probably pass out. But yes, <laughs> it was leading up. These it. are all Vol fans here, <laughs> yeah, friend. Okay. Right here. We, we go to games. We that, go to the games. That angle leading up to WrestleMania three. Uh, when he hit him with mm-hmm. the ring bell and, and all that stuff, yes. I was probably 35 years old when I finally realized you can't actually swallow your tongue. And I was like, no, it happened. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> it's a really yeah. He swallowed his tongue. This is humanly possible. Oh, my God. <laughs> Turns out it's um, not so possible. Well, Ricky, oh uh, we have a uh, event with you next week. We're going to be able to interview Coco Beware. Will you tell us a little bit about that event you're from? A- absolutely. Uh, Coco Beware, lifelong friend of mine. Again, a guy who was gigantic here in, in the mm-hmm. Tennessee area yes. in, in, in with the Memphis. Uh, he's coming down to two locations. One is at Burritos in Clarksville from 12 to 2. Uh, doing an appearance for anybody out there listening in the Clarksville area. It's on February 2nd. February 2nd. And then at uh, 3 to 5, he will be in the Nashville area at Mount Julia at the Community Center. Um, Man Cave Inc., which is my new project, uh, my two partners, Carlos and Tim and myself, have gotten together and we've uh, started a memorabilia company. We're opening a store based on pro wrestling, thankfully, and uh, tons of old school stuff and new school stuff. Um, but we're doing a flea market in once a month at the Nashville in the Mount Juliet Community Center. Anybody who wants to come down, check us out. It's the Mount Juliet. I keep saying flea market. I'm going to get in trouble. It's craft fair. I apologize. <laughs> they actually canceled the event on us because we build it as a flea market. They thought oh, wow. we were coming in with like used tractors and. <laughs> 
It's a it's a vendors market and craft fair. You can find us at Man Cave Inc. I N K on Facebook. All the information's up. Coco will be there month one. Month two is Duke the Dumpster. Uh, Dumpster Drosy will be coming in. Another WWE legend. The Wild Samoans will be coming in. I have Naomi Grossman from American Horror Story booked to come in. So we got a lot of celebrities coming in. And if I have 10 seconds more to make yeah, an announcement. Absolutely. Man Cave Inc. is very pleased to announce, and this is breaking news, uh, we have broken into the NFL market. Um, in this year's draft, we have signed, and I can't release players' names other than one tonight because one contract is signed. Uh, Herb Smith from the University of Alabama wow. uh, is now represented by Man Cave Inc. in their marketing. We're going to have his first appearance as a uh, pre-draft um, Alabama signing. Nice. Uh, we have some Titans signed to be pe- appearing at our store uh, when they come in for off-season training. Uh, we're going to have some silent, uh, signings. We've worked out some deals. Through, by the way, Coco Beware, the nice. Titans heard that we were bringing Coco in and a couple of players wanted to know <laughs> how they can meet him. Nice. And yeah. we, we, we swung a deal to get them in. Uh, but we have moved into the representing uh, future NFL players in awesome. their marketing. Uh, really pleased to do that. Um, and it'll bring an opportunity to have the fans be able to get stuff at a reasonable price. And the reason I'm still doing signings and appearances is it makes me sick when a piece of memorabilia, a kid can't afford a shirt or a kid mm-hmm. can't afford an 8x10 or a pack of baseball cards now is 25 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Growing up, uh, we had a store in Jersey called Cardi Sugar Bowl. And for 20 years, I bought every single wrestling magazine that ever came out. I could probably fill this room twice over just magazines. Jeez. Baseball cards for 50 cents. Yeah. They were, it was a yeah. different era. Don't get oh, me yeah. wrong. Oh, yeah. But the kids don't have a place to hang anymore and go and crack cards. Everybody has something negative to say about kids. Kids don't do this. Kids are this. These little, you know. Yeah. Give a place to, give, give yeah. a kid a place give to a place hang place out. To go. When, Absolutely. when did baseball fields start getting locked? Yeah. There's Absolutely. locks on it, and you're not allowed to yeah. use a field without a permit. So don't talk bad about kids and yeah. say your kid's this. Give a kid a place to go and hang mm-hmm. out and Absolutely. be safe and be safe. Be yes. Safe. Yep. Come and meet an athlete. I can't tell you the influence professional athletes growing up in New York had on my life. Yeah. I met plenty of guys who were really cool and wanted to sign an autograph or hang out or, or talked. And, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not just talking wrestling, baseball players, mm-hmm. to Giants. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to live on a block where uh, Terry Kennard, Super Bowl champion, New York Giant, lived. And he would come out and play catch with us kids. Yeah. But I also was on the other side of it where I had oh, yeah. Joe DiMaggio oh, literally man. tell me. <laughs> I was an eight-year-old kid who would carry boxes out in the local Italian deli. Yeah. And they told me that Joe would come in on the day we were closed and shop. So I waited outside for three hours for Joe DiMaggio with a little league ball that I had played with. It was dirty. Yeah. And asked him to sign it. And he told the owner that if I was ever there again, he would never spend money in the store again. And 40 years later, if he wasn't dead, I'd kick him in his gut and yeah. stun him. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a difference. Give a kid a place to, to meet or a fan to meet an athlete on a one-on-one appearance. And thank God, and, and i got to say this real quick, Nashville, Tennessee, in this area, you're blessed to have an athlete like Marcus Mariota. Mm. You're blessed to have a guy like Pekka Rennie. Because firsthand, I've watched these guys pull their cars over and sign autographs. Oh, yes. I watched Marcus Mariota the mm-hmm. day he was not playing in that, 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 that playoff game get out of his vehicle and sign 100 to 125 autographs yes. for kids mm-hmm. along that fence. Yeah. And, and let me tell you something. Eli Manning never did that. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm just talking from experience. Yeah. I've never seen another NFL quarterback stop and spend his time every game meeting his fans, thanking them for coming. Mm-hmm. God bless him. I hope he can get healthy. Okay? But there's a difference here. 
don't not appreciate the small city feel that you guys have to your big city sports teams. Because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. the Preds are still treating their fans like if this was an expansion city yeah. and signing autographs and making appearances and going out and being great. Darren McFarlane is a good friend of mine. I tell him all the time. And I, and I listen to 104.5 too. <laughs> the minute Jared Stillman comes on, I change the channel to these guys. <laughs> they, you guys are blessed to live in one of the greatest upcoming sports cities in the world. Mm-hmm. Wrestling was 40 years ahead of its time here. Professional sports was about 20 years behind here. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you guys mm-hmm. are living in, in, in a revolution of pro sports. Appreciate it and support these damn teams and get out there and yeah. support the freaking Absolutely. Titans, guys, you because yeah. you have an Absolutely. amazing city and you don't want to lose a team because you guys don't want to go sit somewhere yes. and watch somebody and you're better off being an armchair quarterback knocking a guy who's out there who on his worst day throwing left-handed is better than 90% of us sitting home watching, critiquing him. Yes, man. Appreciate it and mm-hmm. love this city for what it is Absolutely. and get out there and, and, and your hockey arena, I am a hockey guy. More than I am a wrestling guy. We could talk hockey anytime you want. This city is the most fun I have ever been to since Madison Square Garden in 1983-84. That's how fun it is to go to a Preds game. You guys do it right. You kill it. Just get out there and do it for the rest of the yes. team. Support the Sounds. Support the Titans. Let's get a Major League Baseball team here. Yes. Let's do yeah. this next and, and, and appreciate it, guys. And, and, and I love it being here, mm-hmm. and this was an, an amazing night for me to meet you guys, and, and thank you. Yeah. Thank you. If for I had me. a standing ovation button, I would hit it right now. <laughs> really and I want to say this. It's funny that you brought up the, the, the uh, Titans wanting to meet Coco. Uh, if Coco were five inches taller – he would have never been a professional wrestler because he was one of the greatest football players. Oh, he's know that. the greatest athletes that has ever been born and raised in the state of Tennessee. Unbelievable I, athlete. I cheated wow. you guys on a Coco story. <laughs> if you want to save it for next time, or you want we'll to save it for next. Well, time. Tell, remind me at the signing at to the tell signing. the Coco yeah, Arn Anderson. Signing. Yes. So, so they, we, okay, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say uh, Riccio uh, Man Cave Inc. Um, Event February second uh, between three and five p.m. Five. Three and five p.m. Yeah, we're gonna be there. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. We're gonna yeah. be there and we're gonna be doing an interview with uh, Coco Absolutely. Beware and hopefully some other people are there. And maybe we'll get some more Ricky O stories yes. while we're there. And uh, the great David Reed joining us, uh, producer Midday One Eighty. Mediocre at best. And yeah. uh, not even and uh, way beyond squared, mediocre. Squared Circle Radio uh, podcast. Yeah. Is, is it called Squared Circle Radio? Squared Circle Radio. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, listen Sunday in. mornings at 7. Uh, at seven. Yeah, listen in. Uh, it's a great podcast. Uh, if you can come out to the uh, show um, to meet Coco Beware and uh, the many events that uh, Ricky O is throwing in the future, uh, it's going to get bigger and bigger. And we um, hope to be a part of it. And we oh, no, you guys are officially it. That's it. <laughs> we, we are honored. We are First honored. of all, I got a bunch of guys here that are my size. So I, I know we're getting some hot chicken at some point. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Here's, here's what you guys need to do. And yes. This is me critiquing the yeah. podcast now. Oh, okay. Um, you knew it was coming. You need oh, yeah. In the open, instead of the standing six foot, two inches tall weight, yes. you need to say, at a combined weight of... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Five thousand pounds. Combined weight of your height, your largest vehicle. We're, we're, we're keeping yeah, but everybody. Wait, 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 wait. The uh, denial part wait, of that. Hold on. The joke is on me and Dave. What we didn't know is you eat every other guest that's ever been here. <laughs> we're not leaving tonight. No. 
at the combined weight of an F two fifty. The two the two sixties on there is a dream. We have a dream. Oh, but I'm right there with you, Tristan. <laughs> we want to break their hearts when we start video here. We don't want to do it just yet. Yeah. Our, our Patreon channel's coming up this year, and uh, we're trying to you know you know hold it off a little, hold yes, the shock see, down a what, little bit. What you don't know is that we're trying to lose weight, and before we get to the video part, so you know what he lose. said. Is not in existence. We are all six foot two, two hundred and ten pounds. They all look a lot. They all look like Finn Balor. They all look like Finn Balor. I'll tell you this: sixty I, years in the future after I would take the demon at this point. Yeah, yeah. I would take tugboat at this point. I would. Um, I uh, I got diabetes and lost forty pounds, so that's a route for you to go. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> and also, my wife, my wife asked me when I was going to trim my beard, and I was like, you know what? I was thinking to use it as motivation, so I think I'm not going to trim it until I lose at least 50 pounds. So she was like, oh, so we're going to live with that for a while. <laughs> I lost 140 pounds. Wow. wow. Divorce. Divorce. <laughs> Didn't have the money to eat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we would like to thank everyone for listening, and we hope that you are eclectic in all your endeavors. We want to thank David Reed with Midday 180 and Squared Circle Radio. Thank you so much, Ricky O, for sharing uh, everything you've been through and uh, letting us be a part of your event with Man Cave Inc. Um, we look forward to working with both of y'all in the future. We have so much fun meeting and talking. This with was you a blast, tonight. guys. Thank Very you for so coming. Much Thank, y'all. Thanks for Thank you. Thanks for Thank you. Again, we are the Eclectic Collective. I'm Matt. I'm Ryan. I'm Brian. I'm Jim. Stay eclectic.